But one of the things it showed was populations. And it and it had the current population of the United States right at around 335 million people and the, in 2015. And then in 2025, population was down to 99 million. And you go, uh, that's 70%. 70%. Buy their fruits. You shall know them. Buy, 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 buy their fruits. 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 You shall know them. All right, welcome to Buy Their Fruits. This is episode 54. Uh, before we get into this one, John, I think it'd be probably best if we give um, probably a little disclaimer that this is going to be one of the heavier episodes. Um, uh, the information provided in this episode may scare some people, and that's not the point of uh, of doing this. We're not trying to scare anybody. We're just trying to make people aware um, of the subject at hand and the possibility of... of uh, you know, what's coming in the near future here. And it might hit close to home. I'm sure it will for, for most people. Um, but yeah, if, if you have any children listening to this, I probably would not let them um, go put on cartoons or something. Uh, I don't know, do something. But I don't think this is going to be an episode for children. Uh, John, I don't know if you have any disclaimers you want to say before we start this one. No, not, not outside of what you originally said. No, I can't think of anything, brother. All right. All right. Cool. Well, John, why don't you introduce our guest for us today since you guys yes. are pretty close? Yes, of course. So we are uh, returning um, uh, to buy their fruits. Uh, of course, I wasn't in the original interview. That was the one that you did with Brian. Shout out to Brian. Hope you're doing well, brother. Uh, we have uh, Charlie Robinson from uh, Macro Aggressions. Glad to have you back here, uh, Charlie, as always, brother. Uh, and definitely you. You'd plug where everybody can find you uh, out there macroaggressions.io is the brand new website. So that's a good place for people to go. You can find information about the podcast. You can find information about the books and everything I think connected to me. It's a, it's a brand new website. I kept it real simple and clean. And uh, anyone that is interested in listening to the podcast, it's available in audio format, just about anywhere in video. You can catch it on Rockfin and rumble and band.video and vigilante.tv because YouTube won't have me anymore. Isn't that funny? Me either. Uh, they banned my second <laughs> channel, so that's where we're at now. And uh, in, in the, uh, I guess uh, there's probably going to be a swing back of uh, censorship. I, w I would say don't be surprised when X... Uh, starts purging people before the end of the before the uh, before the election season. We'll see if that comes to fruition, but that, that yeah, may but, happen. But they 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 just said that they were going to nominate. Elon Musk for the Nobel Prize for his uh, amazing work on removing censorship. What are you talking about, John? I mean, you know, he's our uh, that is true, Charlie. I mean, Elon Musk is our guy with Neuralink and and X, uh, the whole X platform. He, he wanting to make it into the WeChat of America, right? Uh, Possibly wrong you know. there. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Social credit score. Uh, all finance in one platform uh, with an X, right? Nothing, yeah. nothing at all could go wrong there. 
Uh, but uh, but it, it is concerning. <laughs> uh, it is concerning the way things are going. Uh, so I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what platforms are even left by the time, yeah. uh, election season occurs. And by the time election season is over the way things are going. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, are going to be, you know, again, I guess one last thing is, uh, days of Noah had brought up on his channel. We played this clip, shout out to days. Um, uh, Elon Musk, I heard him literally say it. You have a freedom of speech in America, Charlie, but not a freedom of reach. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the difference then? <laughs> I mean, if you just sub allow people to to scream into the abyss, then then I guess that's then technically they've given you free speech, but uh, nobody gets to hear it. I don't know. I, I just, uh, you know, it it's so funny because the thing it depends on what you're talking about. You can talk about nonsense and it gets amplified and people are are, are being force fed the information. You talk about something that's reasonable, rational, anchored in reality, backed with facts. And next thing you know, you're having to appeal a suspension. So it's just everything is a, is a bit backwards these days. But I, I would suggest that is because when you start talking about these these very real issues, then uh, in, in, and you do it in a way that isn't, you know, ranting and raving, but, but logical and making sense, then you, you threaten the establishment. The establishment doesn't like that. They, they have a very specific narrative that they want in, in whatever, whatever topic you're talking about, there's a way they want you to think about it. And if you fall outside of the established and agreed upon parameters, then they will do what they can to, to rein you back in, or at least trick you into thinking that you have the ability to reach people when in actuality, they, they basically have you on mute, whether you know it or not. And that was, um, that's, that's sort of a, that's, that's the theme that's running through a lot of the alternative media in particular is that we're, we're we might be on the platform, but we are very much limited in our exposure. So. Yeah. yeah same thing coming to Rumble too. I would assume, right? I mean, Peter Thiel is a, a big investor into into Rumble. Yeah. Um, you know that they 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 try to be on the outside. At least that's what they're coming off as, you know, so that people will flock to them. You know, I mean, he, they know that you know people are just leaving YouTube left and right if they're not getting kicked off of YouTube and kind of heading over there into places like Odyssey. But I think that, uh, like John said, come the election season or as we get closer and closer to it, you'll start seeing them switch their game up. Yeah, well, I mean, people, I guess one, one thing about Rumble real quick is, uh, you know, anybody questioning uh, the war in the Middle East right now, you know, Israel um, coming against Palestine, uh, anybody who questions Zionism, uh, they've been uh, cracking that down that uh, uh, in, on Rumble uh, so much so that it's even within their terms of service about uh, anti-Semitism, but not really um, defining what that specifically uh, is, uh, you know, and, and none of us here are hateful people. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad for the Israelis and the Palestinians um, because they're kind of, you know, forced, you know, by the elite to kind of uh, pick a side that they have to um, they have to uh, advocate for. And ob obviously the Palestinians were being uh, treated uh, far harsher uh, than the Isra Israelis are uh, themselves in Israel. But the moment that you, you know, even if you just have a balanced approach to it, you know, you you get censored for that. 
Uh, you know, and so um, that's something that I, I, you know, I would say, Charlie, to look out for, you know, with you being on Rumble this year is they might really start cracking down on anybody who talks out against Zionism. Yeah, I for the first time, I, I just started a Rumble channel about uh, I don't know, five, four or five months ago. And I, I just looked at sort of the analytics, the behind the scenes, what was going on. And I, I am happy to announce that I have earned a grand total of $6 from my ads in the last couple Damage. of years. <laughs> so, so they better not cut off my revenue stream or I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> I guess they the are. Right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, um, uh, well, did you hear, ahead, did ahead. you guys hear about the, uh, the eight by eight? Uh, complex that that Egypt is building in in the middle of the Sinai Desert. I I saw a little something about about that. Boy, I mean, if I didn't know any better, it looked like an open air prison to me. Right? <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. In the middle of the desert, really. But it's like they're saying it's for refugees, but it sounds something like like the Nazis would say. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Re resettled so. in the south this time instead yeah. of resettled in the east. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I have us. heard was something that I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jeremy. Something I just want to mention. Something that me and Aaron Falkman, a uh, friend of the show, talk about a lot is it does seem like there is a possibility, even biblically, this might even um, um, line up to as well, where if they do empty out the um, if they do empty out the West Bank, you know, where are those Palestinians going to go? And the way it looks like is, is they're not going to go to Egypt because they're not going to be accepted there the way it looks like. It looks like it's likely that Saudi Arabia will take them in and then some of them will work for Neom um, mm -hmm. because it seems that they're you know ready for um, they have like housing available that you can look up for like workers there in Neom that's already done. Right. So there'll be like slave labor in Neom. Right. And then some of the Palestinians, of course, would join the Houthis, right? The rebels, it seemed like, the, the, you know, that would fight. Uh, you know, so that seems sadly what's probably going to end up happening. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be, you know, I, I don't want, you know, if, if it's God's will, it's God's will. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, cheering for, you know, or, or, or you know, Christian, you know, brothers and sisters over in Palestine or even even the, the Muslims to be displaced from their homes um, and, and, and to be forced into slave labor or terrorism. Uh, you know, uh, ne neither one of those are good things. Two bad options. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it's a it's a horrible situation. I always try to remind myself that I, I think that probably many of the Israelis feel about their government the way I feel about my government, which is, hey, don't lump me in with these lunatics, you know, I, I'm not in favor of, you know, the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, the invading, you know, bombing Libya back to the stone age and things like that. You know, you say America's doing that. You know, I hope that the people that say that make the distinction between the American government and the American people. And I try to remind myself about that as well, when talking about the Israelis and then they have to, specify the Israeli government and, you know, not necessarily the Israeli people. I'm sure some of them, uh, I'm sure many uh, ab agree with what the government is doing, but certainly not all of them. And and I think that there's, there's, you know, pockets of sanity in, in, in these countries that, that don't connect with their state doing the things that they're doing. It's disgusting yeah, and it's sad.
and I feel that for is them. true. And thinking, and just I mean, this might be a good segue into it, but like speaking of the Israelis, um, the Israeli population is the most heavily. Uh, I'm just gonna say because we don't we don't go on YouTube. They're the most heavily vaccinated per capita country on the planet, and I think that that'd be a good segue into like what our main topic is gonna be today, and that is the uh, the Deagle report, the the vaccination status, and uh, the SARS. SARS was it SARS CoV two uh yeah. document that you yeah there, there was another document similar not similar to the Deagle document kind of just predicting what's going to happen but I'll let uh Charlie come and break that down for us yeah I'm gonna try and uh, while you guys are talking I'm gonna see if I can find my notes on uh, on on the episode I did called where did all the people go where where I really kind of focused on the well I you know I focused on the the overlap between Deagle report, the World Health Organization's uh, actually it was the CDC. It was the Center for Disease Control, but there's an international component to it, which broke down uh, all of the countries and ranked them in terms of percentage of you know who took the shots and who didn't. And you know I didn't really know what I was doing when I, when I put that together, I mean, I didn't know what I was looking for. I was just looking to see if I saw anything. And unfortunately what I saw was that the percentage of of countries that were heavily vaccinated was kind of was lining up with the Deagle report. And, and actually I sort of, I found it in, in a, in a roundabout way that the countries that were at the bottom of the CDC's list for the, 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 you know, the least vaccinated. And, and when I say least vaccinated, it started at, I think 50, I've got my notes here now. It started at, I think 51% was the least mm. vaccinated. And in fact, let me escape from mere generalizations and just tell you exactly which, what the con- countries were that I found. So the Deagle report, I guess you want me to just start at the beginning and explain what the yeah. Deagle report is? Yeah, because okay. I've seen a lot of people talk about it. I've seen it online. I've seen, you know, looked at it myself too as well. But yes, go ahead, Charles. Yeah. So Deagle is a company. It's a military industrial complex uh think tank. It's it's a it's a company that that can tell militaries around the world um based on what's going on now geopolitically, what we think is going to happen in the next couple of years where your country is geographically, what your treaties are, who your neighboring countries are, like basically what the, what the climate is for a war breaking out in your area, you should plan on buying X number of helmets over the next five years, right? Or, or this many pairs of boots or, or this the, this many night vision goggles, or whatever it is. So it's a logistics company. So they're trying to help you figure out. You, you would a company would hire them to to help them figure out what what they want to um, you know what what the forecast is moving forward for the sort of supplies that you're going to need to run a military. And so Deagle is very good at looking into the future and analyzing trends. And I remember I wrote. My first book, The Octopus of Global Control, I wrote it in 2016. 
and the first half of 2017 and it went out in 2017. So I remember the Deagle seeing this um, chart that Deagle put out and what it did, this was, I must've seen the chart in 2014. So probably, you know, because the chart shows two sets of number, two columns of numbers. Basically one is where things are in 2015 and then where things will go in 2025. So it's a 10-year look. 2015, um, either they were predicting this is what it, it's going to be in 2015, but it was only like a year or so ahead of schedule, or maybe it even came out in 2015. I'm not really sure. But but either way, I, I, I remember reading it and going, okay, th- this is weird. If this is if this is true, then it's weird. And it was on their website. It wasn't like somebody pulled it down and, and manipulated it. But one of the things it showed was populations. And it and it had the current population of the United States right at around 335 million people and the, in 2015. And then in 2025, population was down to 99 million. And you go, uh, that's 70%. So I my next thought was well okay so if 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 200 and roughly 230 million people just up and left where did they go and are we going to see corresponding in migration numbers in Canada and Mexico which would be the most logical places the answer is no they were down 70% as well all right well so <laughs> where did all these people go right where, if, if they're not here where are they? They don't really talk about that. I mean, it comes out later that they they said that the population decline was due to um, a pandemic and an economic collapse, but they don't go into details about that. Now, when you're reading this in 2015, you're going, I don't know, sounds feasible, maybe. I don't, if you say so. But when you get into 2020 and you get into 2021 and you start to see the a uh, pandemic, uh, and you start to see the solution to the pandemic being we're going to inject everybody with things. Because I knew what I knew about the pharmaceutical industry going into this, I was very uncomfortable with the solution being vaccines, and uh, pre-COVID, by the way. I mean, just in general, I'm no fan. And there's a lot of evidence, though it gets demonized and suppressed, and and but there's a lot of evidence showing that vaccines are extremely dangerous. They have been for a long, long time. And there, but there's a lot of money in it. So nobody really talks about it. Um, so I started looking at this, at this Deagle chart and I'm thinking, well, maybe they know something we don't know. You know, I mean, they, they, we know how these things play out. A lot of this is planned well in advance. And so maybe there's something to it, but you don't really focus on it or dwell on it too much because it's kind of, you know, you don't, you don't really have the information to, you don't have the ability to fact check them. So here comes 2022. And I, 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 I find the CDC international in, in, in it, and it shows basically it was very, very helpful because what it what it should now mostly usually the CDC is just America centric but for whatever reason they have a they had a um, international component to it and there was a quite a bit of detail 
So it breaks down like, I, I wrote everything down from it. It, it breaks down who take, who's taken the shot in terms of age ranges. That, so they've got 65 plus, they've got 50 to 64, they've got 18 to 49. These are age ranges. Then they've got 12 to 17, and then they have 5 to 11. And within those, they then break it down further. This is for America. We're just talking about America here. Then they break it down further into fully vaxxed, which is two shots plus two boosters. Or no, I'm sorry, two shots. Two shots is fully vaxxed. Then you've got first booster and second booster. So um, you you look through the numbers and and you can find it. Uh, I broke it down based on age. So in the in the 65 and older category, in terms of how many Americans are fully vaxxed, meaning they took the two shots, no boosters. That is 91.9% of people that are 65 and older in America. 91%, almost 92%, let's round up close enough, of that age range, which works out to 50.4 million people. They have, out of a total of, of 54.7 million people, 92% of them took the first two shots. Of those that took the two plus a booster, that number drops down to 64.8%. And then and then all four shots, that breaks down to 25.8% or roughly 14.1 million people in the 65 and older age range. So so when you start to look at these numbers, you know, you can break it down one by one. And um, and so what I did was I took the numbers that the CDC was giving me in terms of how many people first I, I I did America, but then I looked internationally. And the numbers that the CDC gives for the international, what you find is that the ones with the lowest uptake in vaccination, the countries that either that didn't take it for whatever reason, those countries, let me read them off to you. Um I'm sorry. I'm just want to make sure I've got. Okay. Oh, you good. Here we go. We've got. Uh, the the bottom the the lowest uptake for countries that that were um, that were getting on board with the vaccine was uh, Sudan, Congo, Kenya, Madagascar, Iraq. Afghanistan, Papua New Guinea, and Yemen. Okay. Some African, some, you know, Middle East, Papua New Guinea out in the Oceania. So those are the lowest uptakes in vaccination rates, right? Then I go to the Deagle report. And there are very few countries in the Deagle report that are not experiencing losses of population. There's only like a handful, a dozen or so, that actually didn't see a decrease in population. They saw an increase in population. Those countries are Papua New Guinea, Yemen, Sudan, Congo, Kenya, Iraq, Madagascar. So they're the same list that was the lowest countries of uptake. Now, 
the Deagle report show showing population increases in these countries was from that original 2015 chart. It's not a new chart. They didn't manipulate it. It wasn't put together after the vaccine uptake was so low. This was out years in advance. So I just thought it was very unusual, coincidental, maybe even correlated. I'm not sure. Not a, not a statistical analyst. I'm just a guy that understands logic and reason and knows that these people are bloodthirsty depopulationists, eugenicists. And, and I saw that and I thought, a lot of overlap with this with this uh list by the way the countries that were seeing the 70 percent decrease in their population united states germany israel france spain australia italy canada norway ireland lithuania these were on the deagle report you're you're looking at the uh, UK, UK losing 77% of their population. USA losing 68.5%. Germany losing 65%. Israel, 48%. France, Spain, both around 41%. These are massive. Ireland losing 72% of its population. You go, oh my God, these are, these are terrifying numbers. And this is by... According to them, by 2025, right? Right, and then you go. I wonder which. I wonder which countries have the some of the highest vaccination rates according to the CDC. USA, Japan, Mexico, Germany, UK, France, Thailand. It's all the same ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all the same ones, and. Um, where you've got China fully vaxxed, meaning two shots, no booster, at 89.7%. You know, you, you, these are 12.4 billion shots given worldwide. 12.4 billion doses given worldwide. 606 million shots just in the United States. 79 million shots given in California alone. So 78% of America has had at least one shot. That's according to their numbers. Now, again, if we, if we have, if people have problems with the numbers, that's fine. I, I can understand if, but, but I'm just saying that, and, and I might even have problems with some of the numbers, but I'm just saying, these are the numbers that comes from the CDC's site. So, so you can make your calculation adjustments accordingly, but these are the numbers that they are putting out. And, uh, and it's alarming to me. And so my, my question in that episode was that, um, is this depopulation? I mean, is it, is it, is it an aspect of depopulation? I know that the depopulation is very real. I know that, um, Eugenics is is a is is not some theory. It's British Eugenics Society. Sir Julian Huxley ran it for years and years and years until until the heat was so bad on, on them because the term eugenics was depopulation that Julian Huxley said we need to rebrand 
because we're we're getting we're getting killed out here. You know, I mean, the 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 they're on to us. We need to rebrand. So he suggested we rebrand to a new name. That new name is transhumanism. So he invented the term transhumanism. So when you hear Klaus Schwab and the boys talking about the fourth industrial revolution, and they ask, well, what is the fourth industrial Re revolution? And they say transhumanism. What they're really talking about is eugenics. They're talking about thinning the herd. That's their term for it, not mine. So this is, so it is, though this is a, t a difficult topic and a heavy one, as you mentioned at the beginning with the disclaimer, we ignore it at our own peril because these people are very serious. They have a complex about them. They think that they are in charge. They think that they decide who lives and dies. And they think that this whole governing business would be a whole lot easier if it wasn't for these people. And this isn't a new idea. It's just that never has it been possible on such a massive scale, a aside from, you know, war, which does a really good job of, of thinning out the herd. But, but the idea that you could convince everybody through a, a, a television set in their or a computer screen at their house to to go out and inject themselves with an unproven, untested rush to market magic potion that may or may not kill you today, tomorrow, or within the next 10 years, you get people to depopulate themselves with this by keeping them away from solid information and facts and in, instead radicalizing them and convincing them that that a virus is around right around the corner that's going to kill them. And it puts them in a, in a very susceptible state of mind, a very fight or flight way of thinking where they're not making long-term calculations. They don't know if they're going to be around. They don't know if they're going to be around next week, let alone, you know, what this thing will do to me in five years. They yeah. will, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I, I just need to get out of this current situation. This this virus is going to kill me. Never mind that even the statistics they gave us said it had a survivability rate of 99.98% and a median death age of 80 in the US. Median death age in the US is 79. So, I mean, anybody that had just rudimentary math skills and the ability for critical thinking would take one look at this and go, so let me get this straight. If I do nothing, I have a 99.98% chance of, of making it out of here. I've asked people this question. If, if you took a math test in high school, and you got a 99.98% on it. Would you ask the teacher for extra credit? Probably not. What if the extra credit could give you myocarditis and kill you? <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> you know the, so the, the, the maximum upside you can get, you can only get to 100%. So the maximum upside that, that this magic potion can give you if it does everything that it is supposed to, that they say it's going to do, and it works perfectly, is 0.02%. You're going to trade in all of the questionable health conflicts for 0.02%. That doesn't, that's a bad statistical analysis of the situation. You're better off doing nothing. So it, you know, it, it's going, we're going to look back on this time as like, well, you know, mistakes were made, as Rumsfeld would say, mistakes were made. No, no, mistakes weren't made. This was calculated. This was designed and this was made to happen. And the, the fear campaign that they used on the people was not a mistake. 
It was intentional. They knew the stats. They were giving us stats. They told us what was going on. You just had to be able to see it. So, um, so it, it, it took this. So I, anyway, when I came across this information, I, 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 I debated whether or not to even do the episode. I called my partner on it, Tony Merkel. And I said, listen, I've got a, I've come across something and I've got this episode and it's really heavy. And it's like, and I don't know whether or not I should do it. I'm a little conflicted because I'm not trying to scare everybody here. And I've never wanted to be wrong about something so much in my life too. But, but this is what I found. And this is, this is what it is. He says, okay. He goes, why don't we do this? Why don't you just record it? And then send it to me because I don't I don't do anything live. So why don't you record it and send it to me and I'll listen to it and then and then and then we'll have this conversation. I said, okay, fair enough. Let's do that. So I recorded it. I sent it over to him. And I got a call the next day and he said, you have to put this out. You 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 absolutely have to put not this there's no there's no debate. This information needs to go out and so the people can assess it and take a look at it and see for themselves how they feel. And so I said, okay, I mean, I trust Tony's judgment completely. And, and, and I was, I was thinking I wanted to put it out, but, but if he said, you know, man, I don't know, I would have, I would have deferred to him on that, but he was very adamant that it needed to go out. So I put it out. It turned out to be, it turned out to be the most downloaded episode of, of macro aggressions ever. It's called, where did all the people go? If people are interested in finding it, 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 it came out, I, I'm not, I'm not even totally sure, two, year, uh, two years ago, I think. It was uh, uh, fall of 2022. And and it became the, the most downloaded macroaggressions episode I've ever had. And, and the video of it went like all over the place. I kept, I was getting like, I was getting interview requests in like Japan and places. It was very, very strange. It, it kind of took on a life of its own. And, you know, I mean, I kind of wish other episodes would have gotten that treatment as opposed to this one, but it maybe this one, I don't know. Maybe I found something that other people didn't find at that time and, and they connected with it. I, I'm not sure. Again, like you said, to, to begin this, like I'm not trying to scare people. And I, and I fully recognize that this information is, is, is a bit scary. Um, and so for that, I apologize, but but also I kind of feel like, well, would you rather know this information and deal with it and process it or just be left in the, in the dark? Some people want to be left in the dark. Some people don't want to know that this exists because they throw their hands up and go, what am I going to do about it? You know what I mean? Well, who cares if I, if I know what am I going to stop it? Am I going to put an end to the Fauci, you know? No, but, but I, you know, you, I feel like you just kind of need to hear it and you need to, to know it. And I, and I like to work with facts and I like to work with statistics to the extent that I can. And, um, and man, what I found was just deeply scary and alarming. So that's why yeah, I found it personally, man, I found it the most important episode I've ever listened to in a podcast myself. I showed my wife, I showed a whole bunch of people that because I think that the information provided is not only mind blowing, but it's also one of those things that it, it hits it hits close to home. I mean, think about how many one of us, each and every one of us, knows somebody who's fully vaxxed. Yeah, you know. And what I see coming personally is that you know you got the World Economic Forum uh, warning about disease X, and you have 
you know, uh, Jeremy Durgan talking about how another crisis is coming and blah, 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 right? You, you know, this there's plenty of possibilities of, of what that might be. And I personally think it might be a conglomerate of things. But when all these people, if all these people, just kind of start dropping dead all around us, you know, um, they potentially would be able to blame it on another disease instead of the vax itself. Therefore, they can roll out another vax because that's what they're doing right now. They're creating another one already. And and that is part of their that has been part of their strategy for a while. When it when I said that um, vaccines are very dangerous and part part in the pre COVID. Part of this is they, they set up something called the Veris Court back in 1986, the Vaccine Adverse Effects Reporting System. And, and that is where you're supposed to go to report if you've had an adverse effect, your doctor is supposed to go there and report it and say, we had an issue. Guy went into anaphylactic shock or something. Something happened and this, this guy had a bad reaction to it. And, uh, and I'm going to, I put it in, you know, you put it in the system and then it goes in there. Well, the reality is that only about 1% of adverse effects actually get reported to the VAERS system. And if you go through that and you have an adverse effect, your chances of collecting money from that is very slim, but money does get paid out. The money doesn't come from the pharmaceutical companies. The money comes from the consumer. Every shot that's sold, 75 cents from every shot goes into this general pool. And then that money is used to compensate victims of vaccine damage. Now that fund has paid out, just to put it in perspective, $4.2 billion in to settle vaccine claims. Never autism claims. You come with an autism claim, claim it will automatically be thrown out. They won't even open that door. But if you think about it this way, 1% of the actual adverse effects have been reported from vaccines, excluding autism. But only 1% has, has, has been brought to VAERS attention. And, and through that system, they've paid out $4.2 billion. That, this is as of a couple of years ago. It's probably larger than that. So if, if, you, if you do the math and, and make it proportional so that let's say that everybody knew the VAERS system existed and that every doctor actually reported it, then that 1% would be 100 times bigger. It'd be 100%. Therefore, that payout theoretically would need to be a hundred times bigger. So, if you had four hundred and twenty billion dollars being paid out by the VAERS system, that gets your attention. So nobody knows about this, and 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 that is uh, that's part of the problem is that uh, they have they've really sort of controlled what you're allowed to talk about when it comes to vaccine damage. And every one of the major vaccine manufacturers are convicted felons. They've all been found guilty, courts of law, of felonies. They should be let out in handcuffs. Nobody ever is. The largest criminal fine in the history of planet Earth has been paid by pharmaceutical companies for their crimes against humanity. They're very dangerous. It is a huge moneymaker for them. They keep you, they keep you sick, just sick enough so that they've got a patient for life. Ideally, they won't kill you. They're not trying to kill you with the vaccines. They're trying to compromise you so that you remain a customer forever. This is a this is a medical system 
that when you dig back into its roots, what you find is that it was established by the Rockefellers. And so if you know anything about the Rockefellers, not good people. Medical schools, also controlled by the Rockefellers, started by the Rockefellers. You can read something that John, I'm sure, has done work on the Flexner Report, where you go into the details of how these universities sort of got their credentials and why some went away and others um, rose to prominence and you start to recognize certain schools that are held out. Oh, Johns Hopkins, they're, they're in charge of all this. Well, <laughs> you know, Rockefeller connected. So, so the industry in, from its inception was created to harm people in ways that that the general public isn't aware of. So it's not so much that COVID came around and that COVID vaccines are like an outlier as as a dangerous medical procedure. There's been dangerous medical procedures for a while. This is just the most recent one, the one that you you really want to get get into. Um so so that you know the history of 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 shots and the suppressing of the side effects has been going on in the United States since at least the mid eighties. And it, and my assumption would be it's been suppressed even further from that, but, but um, things that people don't know, you know, the centers for disease control, they own patent, they set the vaccine schedule and they say, you, you have to have 79 shots by this age and this is how we do it. And we do, and, and they set the vaccine schedule. And part of, and, and then, and they also own patents on the vaccines, which is just a tremendous conflict of interest, which you would think right. should never happen. Of course it happens. But my point to, to answer your question is that when they set that schedule, one of the things they do is that there's a vaccine here and then another one there and another one, a couple months later, and another one, a couple months later, and another one, a couple months after that, and another one, a couple years after that, and another one, five years after that. Now, if you come down with autism, as an example, and you go to the VAERS court and you say, not that they would let you talk, but if you did, if you could, you'd say, I'm vaccine damaged and, 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 and I have autism because of vaccines. And their response to you would be, which one did it? And you go, I don't know. Because you can't really tell because... If you bring a, if you if you take all of all the vaccine shots that you've taken, and you look at them, you 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 can't necessarily put your finger on any one. You can't say what was it was definitely this one, unless you hadn't taken any. And and we of course we know the we know from time to time we get these stories: a mother who's got an eighteen month old and baby was vibrant and communicating, making eye contact, doing all those things, going for an 18 month wellness check, get a round of vaccines next day. Kid doesn't talk. Kid doesn't make eye contact. It never does from that point on. You're pretty sure whatever they got at that point is the, is the culprit. But from a legal standpoint, they go, was well, that the only shot you got? Well, I got the vitamin K at birth and I got this. And what could have been that? You know, Everyone does, does this, the Spider-Man pointing, right. the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. Could be that guy. Could be that, you know, so it's plausible deniability, and it creates a situation where you can't pin it on any one. And because you can't do that, it's hard to say what's causing it. So when you mention disease X and you say, we're getting into a point where they've already got vaccines set up for that, of course, I mean, I, 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 I don't doubt it. 
But when people start dropping dead from that, how are they going to be able to say it was disease X or it was the vaccine for disease X, or maybe it was COVID. Maybe it was long COVID. Maybe it was the COVID vaccine that gave it to you. Same thing. It's everybody. It's plausible deniability. It's 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 how can you tell me with certainty that it was this one particular shot that got you because you're loaded up with all these other ones. It's reasonable or possible or feasible or a defense attorney could make a strong enough case to say, well, you can't you can't be certain that it was this one. It could have been the other ones. So that is another way that they muddy the waters on all of this because you can't you you can't with you, you may know in your heart you may know in your head as well what did it but from a legal standpoint very difficult to uh to get through that and they and they know well, that and they rely on that and, and that's what I, I we will see moving forward i'm sure well, Pfizer was ahead of the game when when this this current vaccine started rolling out, right? They right away, right at the very beginning, they 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 made that non uh, liability. You know, like nobody can even charge Pfizer specifically for any type of vaccine damage. I mean, they put that into law as soon as it like right before it rolled or out. Moderna. Or, or Moderna. Or J&J. Yeah, all of them, all of them. I mean, and maybe I think uh, uh the they knew the potential risks. I mean, you, I, I remember in your episode that you uh, broke down like the statistics of you possibly getting mitocarditis or um, any one of these uh, symptoms from the vaccines, depending on how many you took. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have those notes, but you, you wrote that down. You broke all that down within that episode too. And man, like you see these 20 year old kids, you know, soccer players, most literally the most, in shape, healthy people on the planet just dropping dead or having a heart attack in the middle of the field, you know, during practice, you know, things that nobody's ever really seen before until this even rolled out. And you can see how brainwashed, you know, the, the, the populace is when they don't even question it. Oh, we've always had defibrillators at next to playgrounds. Don't you know? Yeah. Kids have always been having a heart attack. <laughs> like what? It's crazy. It's crazy because you would think that like, you know, me, you and John and, plenty of other people and see all these things going on and logically come to the conclusion that it's obviously the vaccine obviously but there are so many surprise i don't even know if i would say surprisingly but there are so many people who just can't connect the dots yeah for a variety of reasons yeah of course they've been brainwashed their entire life first of all you know and they're being pumped with all the fear and all the misinformation from the government and there also it plays into this whole left-right paradigm, you know, like Republicans are more, and I don't fall into either category, but I'm just saying like the left are more likely to believe uh, whatever the government tells them. The right is more less likely to believe and kind of have more of a free thought on it, you know, um, yeah. like that whole type of thing. It's just like this whole culture and this whole environment built around us is is keep people dumb, keep people divided. And of course, you can see that they're using it against us now. Those who speak out, we're the crazy ones, we're the dumb ones, we're the divided ones, you know. Yeah. And it's weird when you, it's like, it's like looking at, um, it's like looking from the outside into a box. And you just see all this fighting and nonsense and craziness going on and you have the answer. 
And it's almost like you can't tell them the answer. You have no way to right. communicate the answer to them, you know, and you just have to watch it. It's it's sad. So I broke it down in terms of damage, side effects and issues like that. I broke it down into three categories, short-term, medium-term, and long-term. Short-term would be zero to 30 days, the first 30 days after the shots. The sort of damages that you would get were blood clots, myocarditis, strokes, heart attacks, spontaneous abortions, pulmonary embolisms. That's in the first 30 days of, of the shots. So, and we saw those people, we saw the people that just fell over, you know, in the, in the, in the administration facilities, you know, see somebody fall over, you know, everyone's in line to get shots and one person who's at the front of the line gets up, just walking out to leave the place and falls over, right? Drops dead. That was happening. But then there's a, there's a medium term, which is from after you've gotten through that first month after being jabbed all the way through the end of the first year. So month one through month 12, you've got VADES, vaccine AIDS, vaccine acquired immune deficiency syndrome. People that are, by the way, on a side note, people that some people that have had two shots and two boosters, if they take an HIV test, they'll test positive for HIV. And that'll get your attention. That'll get you divorced, probably. <laughs> your spouse going, what are you doing behind my back? You're like, I, I, I didn't I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. It's these shots. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, the shots gave you HIV? Sure. Not some not some prostitute in some brothel somewhere, you know. You're like, no, honey, right. I swear, I swear. No, really. But in, in, in reality, people are testing positive for HIV from vaccine AIDS. You have autoimmune reactions. You have heart failure. You have prion-like neurological destruction. You have ADE. That's just what's on your. That's just what's on your your docket for for year one. And then moving into the long terms. So this is after the first year, moving from so you know the thirteenth month on until till ten years. Then you have more latent issues that can show themselves over time. And again, if you think about this in terms of like, who do you put the blame on? Who do you put the blame on when seven years from now you develop a, a cancer from this? You know, you just throw your hands up and go, it's bad luck, right? You, you, you don't know. Spike protein induced chromosomal damage, infertility, severe immunodeficiencies, suppressed DNA repair, fatal autoimmune disorder. So, you know, once you get out into this this time frame that isn't 30 days, you know, you're you're past 30 days, it's really hard to pin 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 anything down and and, and put the blame on this stuff. Now, we've heard soft we've heard turbo cancer, which was a term that I had never heard before. Fast acting soft tissue cancers and things like that. John knows I'm sure way more about this than I do. Um, you know, if you're if you're in if you're a couple years down the road and you've got and you're infertile, can you can you can you blame Fauci at that point? I mean, legally, 
probably not. But even then, you might not even connect those dots. So I think that people need to recognize that this didn't just... Yes, we saw the newscasters tipping over and, 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 and we saw the guys dropping on the on the soccer pitch and all of that. And that was very real, but that's only one component of the response to this. That's short-term stuff. I mean, we're now in the medium, you know, we're, we're, we're for a lot of people, they're, they're through the medium phase and moving into the long-term. And this is, these are things that, that'll get you that take a while to show up. So are they, does it take till 2025? For Deagle's report to be true, I mean, if you launch it in 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 the campaign in 2021, you've got all of 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, five years. That's a pretty long time. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm obviously not pushing for these numbers that Deagle put out to be true. But if they if they are then then this is where the long-term component comes in into play. And when you start looking at these numbers, of like how many people in these countries, Japan, 81.5% fully vaxxed, which means two shots, 78% boosted. That's wow. a lot. As, as opposed to, interesting point to make here, China, top of the list, um, I think Israel didn't wind up on my list, but I think Israel probably is the top of the list, but I didn't have it on this chart. But China at 89.7% with the two shots, 0% for the boosters. They didn't offer. So, you know, something to um, something to consider. But, you know, you've got Vietnam with 83% of, for two shots and 65% boosted and, and uh Turkey right at around 63 and 48%, UK 65 and 51%, France 81% and 65%. These are not inconsequential countries too. This isn't like some obscure central African country you've never heard. It's not the Democratic Republic of Congo or Chad or someplace like this. We're talking about France. If 65 if if Two-thirds of the people in France have taken two shots plus at least one booster. France is in a catastrophe. But of course, these numbers match up with what Deagle said. Deagle was showing 65% drop. Uh, Charlie, can I ask you a few questions? Of course, yes. Okay. Um, the the Deagle report... Mm -hmm. um, Deagle itself, if I remember correctly, and I try to trace back its earliest inception on the Internet Wayback Machine, uh, appeared to be originally a forum uh, type system and then kind of involved where anybody could anonymously write articles and post them on onto the website. Right. So it's projections that they had for, you know, um, the 2025 projections. Mm -hmm. We really don't know exactly where they came from, correct? Like we have no idea whether it was from a government agency, whether it was as a part of psychological warfare right. or or psychographical warfare purposely planted on there right. um, to get people like we, we don't know, right? We don't know. And 
we what we do know is that it stayed on their website for years because I remember reading it pre Octopus book and then going back and 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 looking at it again, just going you know to 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 take a look again. And it's still there, you know. It was still there in the same numbers. I haven't checked in a while. I don't even. I don't. I, I doubt it's there. It's ta- it's, it's not there. I went and looked. They re- they removed yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I not found too it. Surprised. So yeah, so, I found it on some like obscure post, but the numbers were the same. What you're talking about? I remember seeing those numbers on there. No, they it are just I, wasn't I, from yeah. their website. Yeah, and that is the disclaimer anymore. too, John. Of course, is yeah. that is that you know I, I I can't say where their numbers came from. So well, so, they talk so, about the fall of the Western civilization and a disclaimer, right? Like they think that that's going to occur. They put that after uh, after COVID. Um, and we really don't like, you know, the only information we can come out as far as like a domain registry is a man named Gas Deagle out of Spain. But there's not really any information about why the website's there. There's not really like even if you go back to earliest inception of the Internet Wayback Machine and you try to click on like the About Us page to try to get any information about it, it's it's blocked. It refers you to some sort of contact submission form. And so that information is memory hold. Uh, and, 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 and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that the, the numbers don't, you know, add up. They, they do. But again, it, it's either something that will occur or it's something that is put into the mindset uh, of the population to instill fear. Um, and, 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 you know, I mean, you even have, you know, they mentioned, uh, the WikiLeaks Stratford leak, right. And then you have, um, which by the way, funny, funny aside about that, uh, there is, uh, emails to an Alex Jones in that Stratford leak. Now, funny enough, I think it is to the Alex Jones. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but if you go back and look, there are emails from Stratford, which is based in Austin, Texas to, to, to Alex Jones in those leaks, funny, funny enough, but, but, um, uh, you know, there there is uh, they do reference a Deagle article in there. Now, granted, was it the guy writing the Stratford article and he couldn't find really anything about the write up about the missile that he was discussing, and he kind of just like referenced Deagle because he's like, oh, you know, because people do that all the time. That's how bad academia is with publishing articles, right? You know, like right. references are, are you know really garbage in a lot of ways. But then again, you could even argue, well, was the WikiLeaks leak? You know, even with the Podesta emails later on was all this psychographical, psychological warfare to build up for Trump in 2016. And then now I, I don't know, I, you know, when you start thinking about it, we have no idea. But I, 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 I know that COVID, I know right? the COVID vaccines are bad. I obviously I've never ever suggested anybody to get one, uh, nor would I. Um, they, they've caused a lot of issues and, and we're continuing finding out more and more information as time goes on that, the, you know, the, the studies are showing that the vaccines, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of like moving the goalposts. But is again, is that by design, you know, which is a whole nother question I want to ask you later. But it's like, you know, that's my only, you know, concern about this is and, and I know it's something that we always think about is how much are we getting played? Right. Like, like, you know, and, and it, it's tough, you know, because, you know, as you've talked about with the vaccines, you know, um, if I remember correctly, the one percent was like a Harvard study, if I remember correctly. Harvard about. Pilgrim 2009 study. Yes. And and I remember, too, it, it, it the way that most people kind of like push that off to the side 
is they say, well, it could be an adverse reaction like a rash, something as simple as that, right? You know, and yeah, I get it. You're going to have some of those reactions to people that take medications or people that take vaccines. Right. They'll have something simple as like pain in the injection site, you know, right. but it's obviously the majority of these vaccines have se severe uh, uh, side effects and cause, uh, uh, you know, uh, lasting uh, comorbidity issues, you know? So, I mean, I, I myself am not for vac vaccinations, uh, but, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see, I guess, one final thing, uh, and I, this is a question I'm going to ask leading up to this, is, is there a possibility through the mRNA technology, which China didn't use mRNA, right? They used um, right. inactivated COVID uh, virus, supposedly. Okay, Sinopharm, right? Um, was it more experimentalism in that? They've they've talked about depopulation for so long, but is that really their true objective? Instead, they need to keep us around as guinea pigs to give us the mRNA to see what happens, right? Like they're testing it for something where I don't have an answer of why they're testing it, okay? Whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, as an effect as a weapon of some sort, a genetic weapon of some sort, or maybe some sort of medicine for the elite, which would be like longevity purposes. I, I don't have an answer to that question. But is there a possibility that, yes, some people are going to die, you know, when you're testing on guinea pigs, that's going to happen and they don't care. But is there a possibility that that's their goal? Because we have the tracking through Operation Warp Speed, through Operation Tiberius Curve, where Palantir is tracking literally every single person that ever tests for COVID-19 in a clinical setting or has gotten a vaccination and your past, present and medical data, they claim it's anonymized. I don't believe it is is put in a database and you're tracked literally for 10 years. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think so why true. all that data? Why all that data? Unless you're a guinea pig and they're testing it, uh, testing it on you. Right. Right. I, well, listen, when, when, when you, you're a closeted depopulation aficionado, then you've got a lot of flexibility with these shots. Cause if the worst case scenario, everyone dies, well, you want that anyway. But in the, in the, in the absence of that, let's test people. I am of the belief, um, and I must say this about vaccines too, because I know some people are probably screaming, but it's not, vaccines don't hurt every person every That's time, or, you know, some people don't have responses to it. I had a, I talked to a pediatrician and he, about vaccinations and he said, he said the way he thought of it was like this, that let's say that there's, you've got to have five things hit in order for it to 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 kick your your kid into the autism spectrum and maybe household exposure to some you know emfs or something like that is one of them. maybe one of them is just genetic predisposition and, and maybe something is uh you know your your environmental features and then maybe maybe the the fifth and final one is that vaccine boom once you get that it, it triggers it so it's, it's a compounding effect Possibly, you know, he he said that he he thought it could be a, a part of it, but but that could explain why not everybody gets sick every single time. But I would also say that you mentioned Palantir, you mentioned them tracking and ch testing this stuff. Well, these are scientists, mad scientists, of course. But one of the things that they would do was it would be reasonable for them if they are in the tracking and tracing and mapping and watching this is they would send out some batches that are placebos, some batches that have nothing in it. 
and they'd send some batches that are hot doses and they'd set some that are medium strength and and they yeah, would yeah test to see who got what based on the batch number and they'd say well these people i mean oops we sent the you know the real hot doses are the ones that people just keel over and don't even make it out of the out of the facility and and that happened quite a bit that was captured on camera and even cuz they were they were tracking something i want to mention to you operation tiberius kirk was tracking the raw many the raw materials to produce the vaccines, the production of the vaccines, the distribution of the vaccines, all I mean, all the way like from conception to shot and arm, it was tracking literally all of that, which then makes me think it has to be an experiment at that point, right? Because why would you need all that data? Why? Right, exactly. Yeah, so they're they're. I mean, they have a pretty good idea how the bulk of the population will respond. As long as they have controlled the media and they know they can they can sway some things. It felt like the whole the whole lead up, the whole push for the vaccines felt like it was very haphazard and thrown together at the last minute. I mean, when you when you start to see, I mean, I, I think that they had a, a meeting and they said, we're gonna scare everybody. I think we'll put out videos. People will 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 see the Chinese guy that falls over and or the blood that's pouring out of his mouth, and they'll be scared to death of of what's going on. That'll be that'll be good for something. We'll show we'll show people we'll show hospitals overflowing, even though they were filled with nurses making TikTok videos. But it doesn't matter. We'll just say they're overflowing. So we'll we'll create this panic and we'll create this, and that that'll drive a lot of people in. And then that sort of petered out after a while. And then it got into this weird phase where you have to watch Bill de Blasio eat a cheeseburger or you have to get um, incentivized by Krispy Kreme will give you a donut a day for the rest of this year. And you go, is this about my health with donut, like free yeah, donuts? It seems like this that's is... about your health, right? <laughs> yeah, you this, this, so, so, and, and I've kind of joked about this. It, it Like I've joked that there must've been some big meeting they went to. And the uptake was very low and it's all the narrative managers and, and the boss, you know, I, I have this v- vision in my head. He's standing at the, at the end of like a big boardroom table and he slams his fist down and he screams at all his minions that are doing such a bad job of convincing people to take this shot. And he goes, I don't care if you have to promise these idiots donuts, lap dances or laps around Talladega, just get them injected and walks out the door. Right. And then all these guys look at each other and go, so does he want us to offer donuts and lap dances and Talladega? I guess that's what we're doing. Cause then they left the meeting and then all of a sudden all these weird incentives started happening and you look around, you go, this is not how you would behave in an actual pandemic. Right. This is incompatible with logic and reality and reason. This is this feels like a sales pitch. And if this is the sales pitch, why are you guys like this again? Just to remind people, your government hates your guts. They despise you. Why are they in such a huge hurry to save your life? That ever crossed people's minds? Like this government that can't 
can't wait to find new ways to tax me or make me get a license for Can you tell I just got back from an anarchist conference? <laughs> but like, you know, the, 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 this government that is so oppressive and they, they want it, they want to know what I'm doing and they want it, but they love me, you know, as George Carney, but they love you and they need more money. You know, this, the, they, 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 they all of a sudden Bill de Blasio is concerned about my health. Why? I get very suspicious when, when these people start to make my health their business. And, um, and then it felt like, it also felt like part of it was like a humiliation ritual. Let's see how far we can push these people. Uh, we're going to tell them to stand on a dot that's six feet away from the other dot. I bet you they'll do it. You know, uh, I, we were going to tell them to go one direction down the grocery store aisles because of COVID, you know, I mean, they, if they had told you, if they had said COVID hovers at around, right around four feet, right around five feet, you know, maybe right around maybe five and a half feet where your head is, that's where COVID, you know, based on the weight, the atomic weight and the structure and the, the wind and the, the, the air conditioning and, and, and in best way to, to, to deal with COVID when you go into a grocery store is get on your hands and knees and crawl down the aisles. If they had said that, you'd have gone to the grocery store and people had been crawling around. So I lost a lot of respect for just the general public. Not that I had a ton to begin with, but what what was left of it, I really lost it. I really just, you know, when I see that, I just, I just, think, what are you, what are you doing? Are you that you're that scared? So it and it goes back to, you know, all the great psychological medical studies of our, of, of before we were born, you know, the Milgram experiment, you know, how people re react to authority. And what they found is, you know, 70% of people will do exactly what they're told. As long as somebody in a position of perceived authority tells them how to behave, you put a lab coat on. That's why when you watch interviews, you can watch interviews with Peter Hotez, you know, that little elf that, that that's trying to get everybody injected and goes on Rogan. You can watch interviews with Peter Hotez from his home office where he's wearing Wearing his white lab coat. Are you, are you treating patients in your garage, Peter? Why are you wearing the lab coat? He's wearing it because it's a psychological tactic to make you perceive him as being in a position of authority. And he's got the lab coat on and he's got the stethoscope around his neck. And he's, you know, that's, he's, he knows, he knows what's happening. He's, he's the doctor. He's here to save you. And that is not an accident. And so, so with this whole with COVID, boy, we got ourselves a little bit of everything. We got a chance to see how the medical community really acts. We got a chance to see like the Tavistock component where the social manipulation um, of how you manipulate herds of people and how you can control them. I mean, if it wasn't so, if it wasn't such an awful time, it'd be fascinating to just study it, you know, to watch how they like a case study in human psychology and how they manipulated people a variety of different ways. But it's, uh, of course, it's awful because you have to, you, you, because you, you watch this and you go, you know, these are, these are people that I know. These are my friends. These are, you know, family members that were treated like this and, and, and told these, these unbelievable lies and it changed their, the way they view the world. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure everybody's got stories, but like I lost a lot of my really good friends. I told them in the summer of 2020, we were playing a little online video poker app, which was like a, 
it's kind of like having a group zoom call, except you could play online poker at the same time. And it was kind of nice and would be a three hour session and we'd play poker and it was good to see everybody because we don't live by each other anymore. And we would talk about, you know, we'd just talk about nothing. I remember specifically during one of those sessions, I said to, to, to the guys, these are guys that I've known my entire life. I grew up with them. And I said, you know, I don't want to turn this into like a, a lecture or a doom and gloom type thing or, or any of that. But I said, I, I, I am compelled to tell you this, you guys, this now while I can, so that I know that I've said it. And so that my conscience is clear. And so that you guys know that, I mean, I know you guys don't listen to the shows I do and I know you don't read the books I write and I know you're not into all that stuff and that's cool. You don't have to be, it's not required, but, but there's going to be a rush to market vaccine pretty soon for this Corona thing that they've just sprung on us. And this is the summer of 2020. I'm saying this, I'm telling the guys you're going to be, you're going to see um, a rush to market vaccine. They might even, you know, they're already talking about it in the circles where I'm, I'm spending my time. And I know that the general public's going to get it pretty soon, probably next year. And they're going to scare you and they're going to tell you it's for your own benefit. And they're going to tell you that, 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 that you're saving the world and all this stuff. And I said, and I, I, I just need you guys to promise me before you do that, you'll call me and just give me 10 minutes to talk to you. Just, just, I have information that you don't have. I'm working off of different source material than you guys are. And, and I know things about this that you guys don't think about given the jobs that you're in. So just please promise me that you'll call me. That's all I ask. I'll, I'll drop it. Let's get back to playing poker. That's it. I didn't get a single call. They all took the shots. Nobody called me. You know, and, and, and so I, I feel what a lot of people feel, which is like, like if I, I mean, like if I can't even reach my best friends, I have information that, that could change your life. I'm not selling you anything. <laughs> you know, I'm not, it's not come invest in my pyramid scheme or anything. I, I'm just, you need to know something that you don't know. They were unreceptive. They were unwilling. Not only that, they then called me up from a birthday party that they had where they all got together. And they were like, Pfizer gang, Pfizer gang, trying to, you know, screwing with me, just trying to give me a hard time and everything. I was like, and, I, and my response is, uh, that's funny. That's funny. I said, you know, I said, you know, what's going to be really funny. I said, what's going to be really funny is when one of you dies and your spouse goes to collect your life insurance policy and they won't pay out because you took an unproven, untested, unapproved medical experiment. They're going to classify you, your death as a suicide and you'll get nothing. And immediately the, the tone was, dude, dude, we don't want to talk about that. I go, well, you're the one that brought it up. You, you Pfizer gang, you're the guys that brought it up. So if you want to talk about reality, here's reality. You're going to be ruled a suicide because you took an untested experiment. They're not going to pay out on your stuff. So if you think that I'm wrong, that's fine. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope every, I hope all of my friends make it through. But I I know plenty of people whose friends are already dropping, and I and like I said, I don't want to be right about this. I don't. I, this isn't like I'm here. I am. I'm, I'm going to dunk on you. 
I, I, I just want people to understand the reality of the situation and plan accordingly. You know what I mean? Because this is, this is serious. This is serious stuff. And, um, and again, and there's this, this, this assumption that the three of us know that, that people make, and that is, well, you know, if this were real, I mean, you guys sound crazy, of course, but if this were real, surely I would have heard about it on my nightly news. They would have done an expose. I would have heard about this. I would have heard about the dangers of vaccines years ago. I've never heard that on TV. I would have heard the dangers of this COVID shot uh, on, on Anderson Cooper would have done a big story. I've never heard that, right? So, I mean, what are you guys even talking about? Well, here's the problem. And here's, here's the, the reality of the situation. In the United States, we are allowed to advertise pharmaceuticals on television. And the nightly news gets about 60% of their ad revenue from the pharmaceutical industry. So if Anderson Cooper does have that, that moment where he decides he's going to come out and spill the beans on all this, he obviously he'd lose his job the next day. But the president of Pfizer would be in the president of CNN's office the next day, threatening to pull a billion dollars worth of advertising unless he got his guy under control. So you're never going to hear about this on the nightly news. So a lot of the, the people out there that haven't come to this information, they make this assumption that if this were a real thing that you guys are talking about, I would have heard about it. And since I haven't heard about it, therefore, it can't be a real thing. And what I'm trying to say is the reason why you haven't heard about it isn't because it isn't a real thing. It's because there's so much money tied to it that they can't talk about it because that money goes away. And, and we, you've seen the compilations brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer, uh, Dateline, brought to you by Pfizer, Super Bowl, brought to you by Pfizer. All that money vanishes if somebody starts coming out talking about the dangers of these things. So there was a financial component in there. There was a lie by omission. It's really difficult to quantify that, right? There's an assumption that the general public makes that if something as, as, as catastrophic as this were a reality, that everybody would know about it, everybody would hear about it. And since they haven't, therefore it doesn't exist. These are assumptions, you know? And I and look, I I make some assumptions too, and I try to differentiate between what's fact and what's fiction. And 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 one of the assumptions we have to make is that the Deagle, like you said, John, that the, the, that the Deagle report is coming out of some actual science. Do I know that? I do not. I don't know that. So that's why everything is sort of you know it's kind of like here's my opinion. It's subject to change, but but based on what I've got right now. I'm very uncomfortable with how these stats line up. And, and if the Deagle, if Deagle is, you know, and Deagle is as a, as a company that, that sort of works to uh, know what's going to be happening in the future, would they be sitting in on these meetings? Would they be sitting in on, you know, what the Brookings Institute or Rand is talking about? Maybe, probably. I mean, there might be a, the, the Aspen Institute with these people hearing them talk about this stuff. So so between that and also, you know, massive amounts of foreknowledge, Event 201, SPARS pandemic document. I mean, my goodness, people re should read that. It's about 80 pages. You can read that fictional scenario that played out almost identical to reality that was released in 2017. A lot of people had a lot of advanced knowledge about something that just miraculously came out of a, a wet market. Right. That's what I was going to have you get into too, was that document. Um, but 
before before we get into that, because I think that ties into everything, of course, and it ties into the World Economic Forum. And as John and I spoke about on our last show, when we did uh, we did a show about the World Economic Forum, there are so many layers and components to all of this. It's wild how many layers stack up on top of each other. But you had brought up uh, transhumanism earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know or whether this is just some online thing, but um, from what I can gather and from what I've researched, there is graphene in uh, these vaccines. And everywhere on my timeline, man, like when I, I hate Google, but I use it, right? And I, I have typed in graphene and studied graphene so much that I keep getting these graphene articles coming up. And, dude, the things that they're doing with graphene now, according to, like, uh, from everything from, like, microwaves to electricity to all these different inventions and all these different types of uses that they're finding graphene can be used for. And I can't help but to think, like, there is some sort of connection between the graphene in these vaccines and the World Economic Forum's agenda for transhumanism and how they promote they promote vaccines heavily too on their website. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. And I think I think that that that's one of the ways that they're going to be able to. I mean, how else besides surgery are you going to be able to get this type of technology into somebody? It's probably going to go into a shot. Right. Right. And I know it's all speculation of what could come out of that, but I can't help but notice the connection between transhumanism, graphene, and the graphene in the shots, and the World Economics Forum for a future transhumanist agenda um, that they're pushing so heavily on the population. And we know that they're also involved in the depopulation agenda. I mean, you will know Harari is a piece of crap, dude. Like, he is. He's yeah. such a piece of crap. <laughs> and I don't mean to be rude, but he pushes depopulation pretty heavily, too. Yeah. And he also speaks out of both sides of his mouth. You know, he talks about how dangerous uh the world is getting with the agendas that him himself is like advocating for and pushing makes no sense it literally makes no sense but in your in your eyes and your point of view from your side because you know me and john john and i are christians you already know that Mm -hmm. and i know like you're open to to so many different things you know for what do you see happening how do you see this world coming together the way that it is you know, um, also, like, I heard on one of your shows, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything, but I heard on one mm-hmm. of your shows that you even mentioned that um, these world leaders, like, people at the very, very top, they, they're theistic Satanists. Like, they really oh, yeah. are. It doesn't matter what anybody else believes in. You know, somebody can believe in Satan, somebody cannot. But what matters is that they believe it. it and exactly. somehow they have the coordination and power to do all of this with such a small, in comparison to the population, such a small number of people. Such a small group. Like, like from your perspective and your point of view, how do you, like, how do you reconcile this all working out the way that they want it to? Yeah, they, the these are people that come from a very uh, from a, a darkness. You know that they, they they they're not they're not of the light. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not uh, they're not they're not trying to. Um, improve the world around them they're trying they're destroyers and and they write about it openly i mean it's it's hidden only to the extent that we choose not to go look for it but a lot of these people talk about their their relationship with um with things that are beyond this realm they maybe they feel they're doing something's bidding maybe they've been promised something i'm not sure entirely but with regard to the world economic forum 
there's two things. First, here's the good news. These people on, on, on many levels are incompetent and they can have a 10 step plan for enslaving humanity. But if they can't get past the second or third step on that, then what good is it? So I don't want people to feel like it's all over. You know, when you see Harari coming out there and talking about this stuff, he's selling it. He's trying to sell this idea. It doesn't sell itself. It requires constant maintenance. It is, it is a, it's a stain on humanity. I, I, I worry about this when you, you talked about the injectables, you talked about graphene, Bill Gates has, has, has talked about self-assembling nanoparticles. we there's the luciferase component of it. I mean, I mean, come on guys. I mean, luciferase as a name, that's, that's a little right. on the nose. Right. But, but, but I think of it, I think of it like this. We know Monsanto can't patent a tomato seed because it, it it belongs to nature. It was brought by God to create Mother Nature, however you want to define it. It's not Monsanto's to own. But if you can make that tomato seed one deviation, one deviation less tomato, you can change one little thing on it. Now, legally, it's no longer an, an organic actual tomato. Now... You can own that seed, you can sell it, you can enforce patent law against it, you can create a terminator seed, which doesn't allow you to reuse it over and over again. You can do all of those things to this tomato seed that you couldn't do to an organic tomato seed because it is just one deviation less tomato. I think that they take that same framework when it comes to human beings as well. You can't own a human being right now. We are sovereign. We are beyond. We are our own entity. But what if you made a person that was one deviation less human? And maybe you did that through injecting them with something. Maybe they maybe it changed them on a genetic level. Maybe it changed them on a legal basis as well. And now, now because you're not an authentic, pure human, you're a you're a nanobot in, infested human, or you've got graphene in you. Now, all of a sudden, legally, you're not a human being, and therefore, none of these laws apply anymore. You want to sue us? You can't sue us. You're not even a human being. You take it to cow court. You know, take it to, to the court with the animals, right? You know, you're an animal to us. And I wonder if that is also part of this plan in the future is that you are transhuman, meaning you are you're no longer just a human being. And as long as you're no longer a human being, the rights and privileges and things like that no longer apply to you. And by the way, we can own you. Maybe we can yeah, make, make slavery great again, right? It will be their new their new slogan. And there's nothing you can do about it because you're not a human being anymore. So we can buy you and sell you and trade you or throw you in front of a train or whatever. It doesn't matter. The laws that I operate on are based on human human laws and you are no longer a human. I go to jail for 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 you don't go to jail for killing your livestock and eating them. Why would you go to jail for killing one of these transhuman people? They're not even, they're not even people. So that is a dark 
component to this that I believe that they have explored. I think that at some point that is, um, I think at some point that is part of their plan. I just, based on, on the way they view us, um, I mean, they already think and act as if they own us. They don't, they right. don't treat us with respect. So if they could get it to a point where legally they did, they weren't required to, then things would be, uh, things could get dark in a hurry. So I, I wonder about that. And I think you're right. I mean, I don't think that, you know, I mean, short of like, how do you get things implanted into people? Yeah, we've got the Neuralink side coming. You'll get some weirdo early adopters that but like you get for any sort of tech thing. You've got a new smartwatch. You'll get certain percentage of the population wants to be the first ones to have it, right? They want to be the first ones to have the Neuralink. But, but you know, maybe the first generation Neuralink, every time somebody turns on the microwave, you piss your pants. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, who, who knows? They haven't really worked the bugs out on all this stuff. Right. So, right. so you, you couldn't count on the Neuralink being, being it. You'd have to, it'd have to be a more nefarious covert way to get inside people's bodies. And, and scaring them all with a, with a, with a virus that probably wasn't going to kill them. I mean, listen, more people died, I think from, um, ventilators. I mean, I'd love to see the stats on that, but I'd say a very large percentage of people early on that were dying, were dying because the hospitals were killing them protocols. So, so, so there, there's, it's it's hard to it's hard to know um, what this would have even looked like without the fear campaign that the media was putting forward and without the doctors and hospitals doing their part to sort of um, exacerbate the situation and 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 also you know the immeasurables like when you feel hopeless and when you feel isolated and you feel like you've lost your job and there's, there's, there's nothing going on in your life, your will to, to survive is diminished. And it's hard to measure that. But I think that happened for, for some people, you know, some people are still broken. Some people are wearing masks, driving in their cars by themselves. It's just, I see it it all the time. See it all the time. Yuri, Yuri Bezmanov talking about the, 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 four stages of ideological subversion, you know, he, one of the third stage was crisis. And that if you subject the people to a nonstop crisis for at least six weeks, then after that, I can shower them with authentic information. It won't make a difference. It won't ever change their mind back. So some people went through that process and are broken permanently. They don't know they're broken. I mean, they, they probably are the last to know it, but, but we see them, we see them in the form of mask drivers you know what I mean? right right yeah it's a sad sad reality that we really live in man and john i want to let you hop in on here to say something but before i do you know we're talking about transhumanism uh making people you know inorganic humans you know the bible talks about uh i gotta i throw this out there real quick everything that people have taken concerning the vaccine what it it was voluntary yeah, they were scared into doing it. Yeah, they were pressured into doing it. Yeah, they they might have lost their job if they didn't take it, so they didn't want to lose their job, so they went and took it, right? But in reality, they weren't forced to take it. And that's something that's like, um, you know, the Bible talks about the mark of the beast and that the mark of the beast is going to be something that mankind has to take in order to buy, sell, 
own property, eat. They'll have to have this mark. And I see that this seems like a precursor to that. To me, it seems like they'll use all these uh, these techniques they just learned about, you know, because I think that that COVID itself was the biggest push on mankind as a whole uh, for this type of project. I guess you would say for lack of a better word. But the whole experiment, like they were able to gather a lot of data out of that and how to probably do it better next time, right? Well, when the mark of the beast shows up, people aren't going to be forced to take the mark. They're going, it's going to have to be voluntary. And I think they can use all the tactics that they just use or perfect from now on to get people to take that mark. And I think that mark is going to have something to do with being like a part of transhumanism and making people uh, connected somehow, like the internet of things, right? Everything's connected to the internet. Every single thing on this planet is going to be connected to the internet. And those who take the mark in the Bible says that they worship the beast. Okay. And it's like a hive mind type of thing. I'm not trying to go all over the place, but what I'm saying is I think that the whole transhumanist agenda has something to do with the mark of the beast and that eventually those who take the mark, because we got to realize that part of their promise is that these people will become immortal, right? They're trying to be gods. They're trying to defeat death. That's one of their main marketing campaigns. You know, uh, Yuval Noah Harari talks about it a lot. And when you get that promise that you will not die anymore, it reminds me of the Bible verse where it says that these people will seek death and will not find it. They will not find death. Like they're going to be tortured by these things that come out of the abyss and they will seek death and can't find it. Well, I mean, look at everything right now. We're all, we could all die with a gunshot. You know, we could all die by the, by the vaccine right now. But what happens when you go past the point of mortality into immortality for this uh, false utopian promise where you have to worship this mark, this guy is claiming to be a god too, like the Antichrist, right? And just like all these things put together. I see that the World Economic Forum itself is like the mechanical hand to making all these biblical prophecies come true. And I'm not saying that they're forcing prophecy to happen. I'm saying that they're being used by God and by the fallen ones for this type of stuff to come to pass. Like the Bible talks about a lot of stuff that's going to happen, but it doesn't give you the mechanics to how it's going to happen. When I look at the World Economic Forum and I look at these secret societies and I look at all these think tanks and all these different things, man, like I can clearly see biblical prophecy coming out from them. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And, and it, and it would make sense too, because the people behind this are, um, right they view they view the the rest of of humanity as as disposable it's a very it's a it's a mentality and and of course also as you said i mean if this is in, in fact that the bible leaves it a little vague in terms of the mechanics behind it well I mean, here you go. You would need a group of people that thought they were gods themselves, right? You would need that. Got it. <laughs> Check. <laughs> World Economic Forum, United Nations, NATO, all these people that they are of the belief that they are superior to everyone else. Um, it, it, they would be the ones that that would put put this in 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 play. Here we are. They've done a very good job. They've made a lot of mistakes. 
and yeah. uh, and 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 thank thank goodness they have but um but i i wonder if the the unintended consequence of this is that it wakes up a sizable percentage of the population or the people that that said no to this and saw it early on that group of people those those people are um that's going to be the real challenge for them. So again, right. there are so many of us and so few of them. And so we've got them beaten by the, by the numbers. One of the ways that, that is very effective to, to play that game. If you're in the, in the minority is to get the majority fighting with each other. And I think they've done a very good job of that too. They, they, we've, we're, we're divided in all, every way you can divide people by country, by language by color of the spacesuit that you're wearing and you know you know age range social situation economic uh, um, capacities i mean any way that they can divide you they've done it and 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 get you and convince you say that those people over there are trying to take your stuff you know and then they go to those people and they say that those people over there they're trying to take your stuff and everyone in there, those they want to put you in a cage. They want you to think exactly like they think. Well, I don't want to think like they th you know everybody starts fighting. So there's some tactics that they use that are effective. But you know, if if Harari and Klaus Schwab is the best that you've got, we're gonna win this. We're gonna, you know, we should be feeling optimistic because I don't think that they're sending their best and brightest. And I think that um, pockets of humanity are waking up, up to, to this game. Yeah. And I can see that they're, they're like, not even, I, I feel like, you know how like we, everybody knows about the Rockefellers and the, and the, you know, the Rothschilds and stuff, but really like those aren't even the people running the game. Like there's people higher than them. Oh yeah, you know. So, so whoever's on the public stage is not the is they're just the puppets, really. You know, and, and you're right; they are incompetent. And I think that something you said about NATO um, and the United Nations, right? Like, if you look, what's really behind that? I mean, we know that Rockefeller started the United Nations, but I mean, John can touch on this. Alice Bailey influenced the United Nations so heavily, very much. And so. she was a theosophist. She so, was an open Luciferian. Yes, she was. So, um, Charlie, let me ask you, um, what's your current opinion on the Great Awakening right now? In terms of like the general public waking up to this? Do you think that's a good thing? I think that people come to this information when they're ready for it. I don't know that everybody's ready for it. I don't know that everybody is ready to to process this. I know that I think that good thing. Oh boy, that's a really interesting question. Because um, because in the in the conspiracy movement, we've been told um, for as long as I can remember that it would be a good thing if you could flip a switch and everybody would see the world as how. Um, you know, you know, within the conspiracy culture, how you know how the, how they see the world as it being, you know, um, and Alice Bailey, you know, through the externalization of the hierarchy, which is truly what it is. I've I've read her book now, 
well, 600 pages, uh, twice. Um, it's a little bit more 600 pages, but it's roughly around there. Um, that's what she, you know, she says that it is, is when, you know, the world gets initiated by the, uh, white lodge, uh, of the crimes of the black lodge. So you can look at it as the crimes of the current world order versus the Patriots in control set up for the new world order. So biblically we would say the heartlet in revelation, you know, rides upon the beast and the beast, you know, the antichrist devours the heartlets. So the, the, the new world order would devour the, the, the current world order. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which I believe is like a, a Jesuit Zionist, you know, free, Freemasonic world order. Okay. Right. So, um, we're told that that's a good thing constantly in conspiracy culture, but as a Christian, um, and something that I've argued since I came out of being a new ager and you have the juxtaposition of the world economic forum to the world future society, uh, which, you know, I've talked about in this program, um, you know, they're setting up for that. They're setting up because you could say, you know, Hegelian dialectic problem, reaction, solution, the shots give, you know, everybody turbo cancer. They're already talking about mRNA cancer shots, right? Both in America and Putin even came out and said they're doing it in Russia too, right? right. So, you know, let's say tomorrow, let's say that, you know, and I'm fast tracking this, but let's say that like Donald Trump resumes the presidency again and really starts like putting the globalists in jail and really starts, you know, having tribunals, kind of like everything that they've said within the QAnon operation. Let's say that happens. Okay. Right. And RFK Jr. is put in position to dismantle the FDA and like everything that you would think we'd want on paper, they do. Mm -hmm. What if it's not a good thing? What if it's the who old boss same as the new boss same as old boss yeah yeah and what if it's just you know even if it's not the biblical end times which i believe it probably is going to be what if it's just a purging of that guard into something new but everybody thinks they're taking a collective win yeah that is that possible be, that would be a real that'd be a real trap wouldn't it because you know, I'm always very hesitant to solve the problems that the right hand of the government created with the left hand of government. I'm, I, 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 I fear, you know, as an example, we see seven, six million people, seven million people, however many people have come across the southern border in the last couple of years. This has got to stop. This has got to stop, right? Here comes Donald Trump. He becomes president again. And he starts rounding up and deporting people to thunderous applause. Well, I don't like that either. I don't like the idea of using the state to solve problems created by the state, you know? And, and, and so I could very easily see us getting lulled into some false sense of retribution. Like we're going to get these people, but where does that lead you? Where does it end? You know, where, where, where do, where do you, um, like we've, your seen, we, we've seen this in, in, in authoritarian regimes. Uh, think about Cambodia, right? They come to power. The Khmer Rouge comes to power. They want to get rid of all the intellectuals, right? They get rid of all the doctors and lawyers and teachers and 
physicists and everybody in Cambodia that that's and and then what? Once they got rid of all those, they 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 go looking for more. Mm-hmm. Who do they turn to? People wearing glasses because they just think they look smart. You know what I mean? So you could get yourself in a situation with a a Trump comes to power. I'm gonna lock these people. I'm gonna do to them what I should have done the first time around. And everybody goes, this sounds amazing. John, I could totally see us walking into a trap with that. For sure. Because who do you become when you go out seeking revenge against these yeah. people? I mean, listen, there's part I, I I'm not I'm not somebody that says I want to let them off the hook either, but like if your moral compass gets skewed to a point where you're seeking revenge now on behalf, you know, to right the wrongs that these people did, it's not too many steps away from you starting to right some other wrongs that you have in your head too, that, that are, that, that, that turn you into the authoritarian that you thought that you were fighting against. I could see this getting, I could see this ending badly. I'm always a little, I'm always a little, I always try to, I'm a little careful of my feelings when I get a little, when I get too enthusiastic about, about something like that, you know, and the, the trust the plan and here we go, I'm going to round up, I'm going to drain the swamp and you go, oh, well, that's great. But you, aren't you kind of the swamp? You're going to drain is. the swamp? Are you replacing the crocodiles right. with alligators? Like, like what is this exactly happening? So I'm, I'm, your point is well taken, John. I think it's worth keeping an eye on on this. You don't want to you don't want your behavior to put you in a situation where you become the thing you were fighting against. It's just a different flavor of authoritarianism or something. You know, you you want to impose your beliefs on people uh, to to get back at them because they impose their beliefs on you. And it's like, well, are we getting anywhere? Because Trump we... Trump says he will be their retribution. And everybody around him, you know, that's what they're saying. And I know you interviewed uh, Roger Stone yeah. uh, and, and everything. But when he brought up um, the tape about that he that he had mentioned that he um, talking about during the 2020 election about um, Swalwell and Nadler, you know, and then kind of, you know, you know, hunting the ball forward. And saying, you know, you know, first of all, they're lying about me. But if they did, it's artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. And now Trump's using that literally on true social. Like they're using like like they're going to say Trump's involvement to Epstein Island. That's artificial intelligence. You know, like. I I, when you interviewed him, I I wish you would have pressed him on it because. That's concerning. In the culture that we live in today, that, that that's, that's concerning, Charlie. And it's a, and it's a, and it's, and we're getting into this world where, like, it's, 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 it's a possible, it's a possible excuse too. I mean, he could, it could be a lie, but you have to go, geez, you know, you know, like in, in the old days, you had to, they had to get you drug you or get you in a, in a situ- compromising situation, take pictures of you. Now they don't need to do that. They can just generate it. Right. Mm-hmm. So everybody that that's involved in nefarious acts is just going to go, it's AI. Right. Of course. I mean, you, you, but in some cases it really will have been fake AI. That's it. We're in like a, a very blurry time where, where the bad guys are, have, have got a brand new, 
defense mechanism that they can throw out and just, Oh, you know, that's, that's fake. It didn't, it didn't happen. They they've generated that. And you have to at least consider it. I mean, it has to, you don't have to, you don't have to give it the same fair weight as every other piece of evidence, but you have to at least consider the possibility that it is fake. Uh, and that is plausible deniability for, for a lot of these people. If they can I, say that. I understand that, but for Roger Stone, I mean, with everything that's against him, <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, why Roger the benefit Stone. of doubt for him, you know, because that's in the possibility of him to say something like that, right? It's oh. not completely, you know. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, if, if, it, if, if there were, if there were, if there were negative images of you, you'd get my benefit, the benefit of the doubt, because I know you, I know you're a great person. Yeah. If it's Roger Stone. I'd be like, well, it might've been him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, given his, his history, I'm not going to like, I'm not. So, so it'll be a sliding scale for a lot of people for sure. But you, and, and of course the scumbags will be the ones that will use it first and abuse it the most, of course. So it'll be all the, the worst people that'll be like, wasn't me. Well, Trump and Roger Stone in their camp are doing it right now as we speak. I mean, he's constantly and, 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 I, and, and I don't and I don't consider those guys to be um, honest f operators either. You know, right. I mean, if you're if you're someone like Roger Stone who is who has um, been involved in elections for thirty plus years, you're you're, you're by default at the bare minimum very adjacent to lying if not a liar just an outright liar yourself and it's just a matter of degree i guess and i you know i wouldn't trust roger stone if you didn't know charlie john wants to get him on the show by the way oh, oh no okay. no no I, I think it would last us <laughs> in five seconds if that was the case yeah my uh, that was one of the few um I, I did the tnt the daily tnt show for five weeks and i had two guests per hour and my TNT show went away recently because they said, we want you to do three guests an hour. I'm like, I can't, I'm not doing that. That's, that's too much. But, but for, for that, the, that five week period, I was booking almost all of my guests, 95% of my guests I was booking. My producer booked, I think three Yes, for me. Roger was one of them. But I'd had him on the we'd had him on our Union of the Unwanted group show before. Did they I mean, did they allow you to press back on him any at all? Because that was my only thing is his the, the, No, no, no. It no, the, the everything that they was was all me. If it, if there was no pressing, it was it was it it was me doing it, not not TNT. To be fair, TNT, I didn't I didn't love the way they went, you know, changed the format of my show and gave me no no choice but to tell them no. But to their credit. They never told me what I could and couldn't say or who I couldn't couldn't have on. That's uh so if I did if I didn't press him in the way um that you thought I should, that that's a me issue, not not TNT. Okay. That yeah. And and there was so there was no and 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 it wasn't Roger either. It wasn't like we can't, you know, these things are off limits. He came I'm on sure. Talks, I'm pretty sure he would have hung up on you if you would have pressed him anyway. Yeah. An interview would have yeah. ended right then and there, you know. Oh, for sure. I don't just don't even think I thought to 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 do that. But also on top of that, I'm not um the nature of, of my interview process is I don't invite people on to to argue with them. I, un I, I invite them on to understand what they're talking about. And I, maybe I believe them, maybe I don't, but I don't, I never really get people on. I certainly don't get them on to like, be like, 
Gotcha. But with Roger Stone, I'm, I was really kind of curious his his opinion on things. And uh, and it wasn't meant to be like an in-depth analysis of like all the things. I mean, because to, to be honest with you, if I were going to do that, I would need to have done way more research on Roger Stone to yeah. know where he was. And I think that's probably some of the other things that he had done in his past would have been of a, of a, of a, maybe a, a higher priority to me than, than that. And, and again, when you, when you I got agree, to- it's just that he brought it up if I remember correctly. Right. You yeah. know, and it was just for him to say something like that. And I know you don't know yeah. the background per se of how much they're pushing that right now. That whole camp is pushing it very strongly and had been around that time, you know, and, and it will happen. If anything comes out against Trump, I guarantee you they will blame artificial intelligence for it, you know? And oh, yeah. so I just, if anybody, cause you know, you were probably one of our only shots that, to ask him to push. Sorry, him. I wish I'd I wish I'd known in advance. Maybe I would have gotten a good, a good question in there for him. I've because uh... he ain't gonna get. There's not gonna be anybody else. There's not, you know. And and I understand that that's not necessarily your forte as an interviewer, but you know, and and I, I just you know, I was I was just curious, you know, because um, for him to say something so, and I know that you are against artificial intelligence. Uh, to a point, I mean, we all we all use it to some degree. I mean, if you ever played yeah, a video yeah. game, you're, you're you're playing against AI, uh, right. you know. But um, but you know, to, to, for you now, again, like you said, they're using it. What's going to stop Biden and the rest of them from using it too? Like, when, where does this end? Like, does right. it end to some sort of you have to register with the United States government? You know, does Trump put that in place? That's another thing, too, is by them internet talking ID. about that, do they put that in place where you have to register an Internet ID to use the Internet? That's concerning. Oh, 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 oh. I, I see that's very concerning. And I see that is most definitely uh, a push. We saw Nikki Haley talking about that early on. And, 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 and this that 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 bothers me a great deal. In fact, I've I have speculated. And, and to be clear, it's only speculation. But I can I can envision a scenario in which there's an Internet false flag. You know, yeah. Where there's something, there's there's some guy as an example, and I'm making this up, but but some guy goes and shoots up a school, kills a bunch of kids, and and the outrage is, we've got to stop this. You know, we why can't we stop this? And then it turns out, well, this guy was in this chat room, and this guy was on X, and this guy was here, and he was talking, he's saying he was going to do all that. But he was using a VPN, and he wasn't using his real name, and he was going by, you know, uh, conspiracy junkie one two three was his was his uh his handle on Twitter or whatever, and 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 if only we had known who he was, because he was being very vocal about the things he was going to do, nobody could really track him. And if only these things. So from now on, we've got to get rid of VPNs. You've got to have an internet ID to get on. We need to know who you are. It's got to be biometrically. That's concerning. Biometrically. That's concerning. That's how I see them walking us into that, which is not an authoritarian gun to your head. Yeah. You know, you're going to do this, but instead think of the children, John, think of the yep. children, Jeremy. I mean, this it's is like gun is... rights, the same thing that they're doing with gun rights, basically. You got it. Incrementally one at a time, you know, uh, take away the bump stocks first, take away the high magazine uh, capacity. And then you find take out the this. FBI knew about this guy for six months. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> Even in my fictional scenario, the FBI knew about my guy uh, six months yep. in advance. They've been uh, radicalizing him. But you know, again, that that but that's how you 
when you start to see the, these patterns of how things get done, major major societal changes, uh, cultural changes, where you you agree to give up something that you had been very comfortable with in the past, yeah. you 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 look back at that strategy. The best way to do it is get the people to convince themselves that it's the right thing to do, and you do that through guilt and fear and manipulation. And so when you talk about AI. Um, or you talk about the internet ID or something like that, something bad will have to have happened that in retrospect and under further investigation, they go back and realize that if only we had known who this person was, then X, Y, and Z wouldn't have happened. But we live in an inner, we live in a world where the internet is anonymous to, to people that know how to be anonymous online. And we've got to get rid of that. We've got to move into a new paradigm or else we're just going to have a bunch reduction of, of freedom of reach. Right. You got it. Yep. You got it. Yep. And so, so, so this is a, a path that I see, I see unfolding and maybe Trump is the, you know, as they say, you know, if you want to really screw over the Democrats, it's going to be, it's going to be done by a democratic president, right? Obama is going to be the guy that screws over the Democrats the most by doing yeah. things that he, that they, that he, they enthusiastically clap for. And then he, 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 he levels them. Why would Trump be any different if Trump comes back a second time? My assumption is that the removal of rights and the, and the real, the real uh, moving of the, of, of things forward will happen on the conservative side of things. Because they'll allow him to do it because he's their guy. After all, he's our guy, right? He, it, it, our guy is not going to go in there and 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 screw us over and take away our rights. He's our guy. So so if he's asking me to do this, or if he's telling me I need an internet ID card, or he's telling me that AI is unsafe and that I have to go through these proper channels, well, I'm going to do what he says to do because we put him in a position to do it, right? He's, he's our guy. But in, in, in retrospect, what you will find was that will be that the only way you could convince those people, those conservatives to, to, to operate against their own self-interest is by having their own guy convince them to do it. So it's not, Joe Biden's not going to convince the, 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 the conservatives in, uh, Georgia or or Alabama to to do something they don't want to do, but Trump could, yep. and so Trump could be the guy that brings in uh, the restrictions that impact the conservatives the most, because in a sense he would be a wolf in sheep's clothing. And uh, yeah, we've seen that before, though, haven't we? We've seen it with yeah. uh, George Bush. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. I can't. I cannot believe how many people thought that that dude was a Christian. I mean, he was a skull and bone secret society member. Um, he was literally tutored on how to speak Christianese to get the evangelical vote. And, of course, when you talk, talk about conservatives, most of them would classify themselves as conservative Christians, right? Even right. if it's not real. I mean, that's what they, you know, consider themselves There's a huge or, segment. or label themselves. You, you, you can't yeah. say conservative and you can't say Christian without conservative Christian being, kind of being yeah. a, a term that's kind of frequently used together. So, yeah, it's a very, right. very sizable section of, of the population. For sure. Yeah, and, and then through 9-11, we got this conservative Christian president convinced the conservative Christians that their rights needed to be taken away in the name of terrorism. Yeah. You yeah. know, and they use the same fear technique. Something bad happened. Here we go. Now let's implement these laws. And I can see Trump doing that on a on a bigger scale. And I don't know how it's going to be done per se, but I can see him doing the same exact thing. I mean, 
people think a lot of Christians look at this dude as like the Messiah, bro. Like it's, it's wild. And he has a lot of sway over conservative Christians. And with the whole QAnon operation and all this stuff, you know, everybody's so hopeful of him doing what we all wish would have been done a long time ago, you know, put these, these bastards away in prison yep. for their crimes against humanity, you know, but like that he's going to, I feel like he's really going to show up on the show uh, on the scene and he's going to do something that's going to deceive the nation, but something terrible has to happen in order for him to be able to convince that. I don't know what it will be. And for some reason in my mind, I keep thinking it might be something more economic, you know, something on an economic scale, like a cyber attack, the world economic forum. He's freaking running their mouths about, you know, Something yeah. where he steps in and says, well, we have the means and ability and we have the software to, to get this back on track or something, you know what I mean? But here's that internet ID, here's that whatever else it might be so that this doesn't happen again. Well, you, you I think you're right over the target with that as well, because they've legalized uh, bank bail-ins and they, mm. you, 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 much like I, I've made the comparison to the, the Smith Modernization Act of 2012, which legalized propaganda to be used in America on Americans. Right. You don't take the extraordinary step of legalizing propaganda unless you intend to use some propaganda, right? So, so if you have legalized a bank bail-in, which is the banks can take the money out of your bank account because it's technically legally theirs, but they they took an, an additional step of legalizing it on top of that beyond just the the paperwork you filled out when you opened your bank account, but they, they've made this a, an actual thing. Well, they didn't do that to sit on it, right? They did it because they know they're going to need that legalized at some point. So maybe the, 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 the potential scenario that you're seeing in the future of Trump uh, uh, overseeing a, a financial catastrophe could be this bail-in. Banks collapse, they take all your money, the solution that they offer you is a central bank digital currency to bridge the gap, to get you food, get you um, your rent paid, get, you know, utilities, whatever. It's a Fed coin. It's a digital coin. Maybe it's issued by the government. Maybe it's issued by your bank. You know, maybe the bank said, well, we took your, your real dollars, but we're giving you Chase Bank, central bank digital currency, a CBDC tied to chase, you know, we'll, we'll put the same amount on it. We can check your records. We saw what it was. Oh, but you know, this, this money is fully trackable. This money's fully programmable. This money is surveilled everywhere it goes. And by the way, now we've got some, you know, since we are making you whole on this, you're welcome. Uh, there's going to be some stipulations. Can't buy a gun with it. Can't buy ammo. Can't, like you Watch maybe, your carbon footprint. Maybe, maybe, maybe the way it is set up is that you know the public-private partnership with the World Economic Forum, their partners group. Maybe that's the company store. The way that the the old mining colonies did it, where you you could only shop at you know they would issue you these credits that were only redeemable at the company store, where you would go in there and buy the things that you need. So they kind of kept it in the in the in the system, and I could envision a scenario in which you're given these central bank digital currencies that that are programmed in a sense that they only work at the partner groups that are tied to the to the world economic forum you know apple google 
Amazon, you know, I mean, lots of options, but not your, your buddy's hardware store down the street, not the farmer's market, right. you know, no, it'll never work there. So maybe it works a little bit. Maybe it works enough to keep everybody going and keep everybody from, you know, the torches and pitchforks, but, but not well enough that it's actual freedom. And then, and then, you know, and because it's an emergency, they roll that out because it's an emergency. It's like the equivalent of like the Patriot Act, except it'll be like the, the banking Patriot Act or something. You know, I'm just, I'm speculating, but I, but again, I'm always, it's, it's, I'm guessing, but their educated guesses based on how these people work. And also based on the legislation that they're, that they're putting forth that, that, that's solidifying and, and codifying this stuff. I mean, when you, when you talk about a bank bail-in legislation, that should be alarming to people. I mean, get your money out of the banks immediately. I'm telling that, that I can say with hundred percent confidence, get your money out of the banks immediately. And by the way, watch how, how, how much of a hard time the banks give you. Too, right. If you want to try and try and take out money and take out cash, take it out in large amounts. Woo, they want you to fill up this form. What's this, what's this money for? Why is this in your account? Oh, this money just, you know, I, I had that happen recently with me with a, with a transaction that, that I was doing in which the bank called and said, this money just came into your account and now it's leaving. This is very suspicious. I said, well, why are you suspicious about what I'm doing with my money? And they said, well, it's just very suspicious that this money hit your account and now it's automatically going out. I go, well, I have been waiting for this money to hit my account. That's the reason why it immediately went out. If it had hit my account earlier, it would have left earlier. There's nothing suspicious about this. So the way the banks are looking at people, and of course, AI is now pouring over all of these transactions to see what's going on. But but you can envision a scenario in which they have uh, tied your social credit score into your central bank digital currency. And, and like you said, like you want to go buy meat? You're having a barbecue. If you have a Fourth of July party, and you you you're you're gonna you're gonna go to the store and get all these these things in advance, bunch of hamburgers, some steaks, hot dogs, whatever. Well, no, 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 no. You're you've exceeded your carbon footprint for the month. You can't buy any of this right. stuff. And if and if and if people think that that's crazy, preposterous, uh, futuristic stuff, uh, Mastercard already has that going. They have a deal with the World Economic Forum, and they already have their first prototype credit card that tracks doesn't there's no limitations on it right now but it's measuring the things that you buy and assigning it a score based on its uh on the carbon component to it so if you buy a lot of red meat that has a certain score if you buy a bunch of i don't know rice cakes or something that does nothing that then it's negligible but but that's already in the process of happening so it's behavior modification through the use of technology in terms of credit cards like that. And eventually they'll just get you convinced. I mean, if they can't guilt you into it with the climate change stuff, then they'll, then they'll, they'll modify your behavior by just not allowing you to, um, to use your credit cards to buy certain things like that, or, or you sort of have a, an acceptable a limit. And if, if you exceed that, then it cuts you off. I don't know. It it can come in a, a bunch of different flavors, but but it's coming, for sure, because that's the, that's their plan. And I'm not speculating that it's coming. They tell you, right, that it's coming. Exactly, exactly. 
Yeah, that's one of the things too is that when we look at like places like China, man, like they already got all this stuff going. Oh yeah, for the most part, they they already have it. It's and it's and it's weird because like China is a is a partner of the World Economic Forum, but they're excluded from some things within the the, the World Economic Forum. But it well, seems uh, like certainly the climate stuff they're excluded from. Yeah, from. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and they're like. And, and, to save and to the me, planet. What about China? Well, man, we don't talk about China. Yeah, we need that. We need. We can do what they're doing. But when it comes to like monitoring and um all the all the surveillance and all the uh the tracking, like they're basically basing their model off of what China has already been doing for a couple of years now. You know, like the last ten years or so. They just want to implement that somehow to the rest of the world. And I see that with if if the economy does collapse and the banks right now are collapsing. And the say just the West, the West economy collapses. Well, in reality, all the economies are connected together. So mm -hmm. if one really collapses, it's going to start a chain reaction. And I think this is where the, where the one world digital currency will end up coming from. Eventually, it's going to be a global currency, yeah, which will initiate a global income. Yeah, that's for everybody. Everybody's going to have it's like global socialism or fascism whatever you know never works it's just, well it's wild to see what's coming it always leaves a bunch of people starving you know yeah man, it's gonna be bunch, effort, man. bunch of angry scared people starving when the government gets in and they say we're gonna show we're gonna we're gonna take care of uh we're gonna take care of uh budgeting and planning i mean that worked so well in the in the soviet union back in the <laughs> stalin times right i mean it's um and look i know we've covered some heavy topics today and it's and it's it's pretty scary but i i i i must say this it's not over you know we we still have a say in this we still can come together and turn this around and i am of the belief that that good triumphs over evil and i also believe that most people are good they some people need a little help being better um but most people want what's you know psychopaths and sociopaths excluded of course but but most people want to be left alone they want their family to be taken care of they want their animals to be loved you know they want their kids to have a have a good and you know they want their 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 children to grow up and, and have a good life to the extent that they can they want most of those things. They have to be convinced to want evil a lot of times for a lot of people. So that's the anarchist side of you, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, we could turn this around, I think. Because, I, I, you know, from a biblical standpoint, you know, we would, it would be the inverse, actually, and that we all are wicked. We all fell short. You know, we're all sinners. You know, we've all sinned against a perfect and holy God. And most people, there are people who, who, who try to do good things, who try to do well, you know, the less people who are less depraved than others, you know, I don't believe in the Calvinistic belief of total depravity. Right. So there are people who are less depraved than others. Obviously you have so sociopaths and psychopaths who are, you know, especially psychopaths are completely depraved. Right. You know, you know, evil society. Um, but, you know, when, when puss comes to shove, you know, at one time in our life or another, we we've all stole, we've all lied, you know, we all have done things that we are not proud of. Um, and you know, there there are Christian eschatological beliefs that you know 
um, it gets better. You know, you would see that in post-millennialism or all-millennialism. Uh, but again, all-millennialism was the Catholic Church trying to make things better here on earth, right? A utopia here on earth, right? Yeah. And biblically, I believe After what we're seeing... Yes, and biblically, I see what we're That's seeing good. now is, I think, um, as both me and uh, Jeremy are both um, um, premillennialists, is it's coming to an end, and it's going to continue to get bad until Jesus comes again, and it's going to get worse and worse. And that doesn't mean that we just don't do anything. You know, there's a famous quote attributed to Martin, Martin Luther. He didn't say it, but it's still wise, is, is uh, you know, if the rapture is tomorrow, plant a tree today, right? You know, so, you know, as Christians, we're, we're called to do good works. We're not called to just, you know, completely just forego everything, you know, and, 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 you know, just wait till Jesus comes. You know, we're supposed to be watching for him. But we're also supposed to be preaching the gospel as well as, you know, doing good works as well, you know, too, uh, to show the love of Christ. And, and, and you know, I, I just, I used to believe that thing that we, we have the collective ability to turn things around. Right. But biblically, it's not there. I just don't think it will happen anymore either, because you hear it from you hear it from mostly everyone, you know, even people that we should not like, like Alice Bailey, for example, you know, with her writings or Barbara Marks Hubbard, that's pretty much what they say. Now, they could be subjectively wrong. I understand that. But it's what, you know, that, you know, Alice Bailey wants to take your guns away from you, but she still believes in a collective utopia in the future, you know, and I'm not equating you to her, but that mindset is of that. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I, and I think that we've, you know, we've, we've got to try to the extent that we can to do, to be, to do the right thing and to allow others to see us and to, maybe they are inspired by us doing good things. If, if my choice is, you know, I can't give up and I'm not going to be a bad guy. So I've got to do the extent, you know, to the extent that I can, I've got to do the best goodness that I can do. Understanding full well, as you said, that we're flawed, you know, and, and, and also my, and, 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 doing the right thing can be subjective as well. I mean, some, something, some components, no, some, it's just kind of clear, but, but in other ways, you know, we're all on a very subjective sliding scale of what, what's, what I consider to be doing goodness might not be someone else's at the, when all else fails, take care of those close to you. Focus on them, your family, yourself, Give yourself a break, you know. We're all trying to figure this out. I mean, there's no instruction manual for this. I, I, uh, I would argue um, the Bible's instruction manual for this. <laughs> well, you, you, you would say that the Bible is an instruction manual for this. It, it, for me, somebody that is that is not religious, I, I would say that it, it, that it is it is an instruction manual, but maybe not necessarily mine. Now that being said, I don't, I'm not, I don't disagree. I, I just don't know. I don't know that source material well enough to comment on it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not something. Oh, that we, I, don't. we don't. That's I, why we I, love I, you. I've been Charlie. there, Charlie, we, you know, just, you can just yeah. pick up the good books sometime and start reading it. Especially, <laughs> especially if you start, you know, if you, if you, you know, you start seeing, I, I would say this, I would, I would recommend you reading the book of revelation. Okay. 
and and, and without the It'll Holy connect Spirit, everything that you already it may be, it may be difficult to understand. I am aware of that, you know, as far as a Christian belief system, as far as the world is concerned. But I do believe that you should at least read it. Of course, read at least one of the Gospels, at least maybe the book of John, but uh, just because John wrote Revelation too, so it kind of flows that way. But you at least know what to look out for. And if those things are becoming true, and it's going to be such on a worldwide scale that it'd be impossible because you'll have some detractors who believe that Jesus is a myth. They'll say that it's going to be the elite that are going to fabricate all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't think the, if the elite are powerful enough to fabricate this stuff in Revelation, we have no chance. It really doesn't matter. There is no right. hope. And I believe there is no hope outside of God and Jesus, but there is none at that point if they, if they don't exist, you know? So, you know, it's, it, it may be something that you, it may be worth, worth doing, you know, because when these things do come to pass, which me and Jeremy both believe that they will, then it no longer becomes subjectivity. Then it becomes objectivity. And then it becomes, I better go, go grab that book. I was just reading. <laughs> I yeah. I, saw it. I might need to get a footnote off that book. I was just reading. <laughs> you know? But I, I mean, cause we do care about you, you know, and anybody listening that. who, who is not a Christian, you know, we, we, we do care. Um, I mean, it's more than, you know, God wishes for none to perish, but for all to come to eternal life, you know, and I used to have, I guess one last thing um, to close out on that. I used to have that vindictive mindset when I was a new ager. I was a white nationalist. You know, I, I, I wanted vengeance. I wanted vengeance against people. I wanted vengeance against the elite. I mean, almost from a bloodthirsty perspective, right? I used to have hate in my heart and God delivered me from that. And now I mourn. I even mourn when someone as evil as Kissinger dies because they, he had no hope and there is no redemption for him. It's gone. It's done, you know? And from a Christian worldview, which I believe is true, so I, I mourn now because, you know, and I used to, again, have, and I'm not excusing all the evil that Kissinger did. No, I know. But I used to be, if I could pull the bullet, my, you know, the trigger myself, I would do it. But there's a lot of hate and anger there if you're that type yeah. of person, if you're seeking for vengeance. That's why the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, because vengeance will turn you into a horrible person. Yeah. We we see it with them. They despite they hate us. They they yep. they have become horrible people. That's the that's the trap. And and I've had people ask like how do you like how do you deal with all this stuff? How do you write about this this like really heavy duty stuff. Depopulation and like woof. How do you not hate these people and the the answer is that i am a work in progress because admittedly there's part of me that hates these people i don't want to come at it from that because i know it's not good it's not good for me to feel that way it's not helpful i've got to evolve past that but i am i am figuring that out i am trying to be the bigger person in the sense that like as you as you would um you know, look at Kissinger and, and feel bad for him. You know, I mean, there's part of me that does. I look at, at Kissinger and I go, you know, great, you were powerful. You know, I mean, what did that get you? A couple million dead people in Southeast Asia? Why would you want the power if that's what comes with it? You must have had an empty life, you know? And again, not forgiving him. I thought that Henry Kissinger should have died in a prison cell in Laos for his crimes against humanity. 
but I also, I wouldn't want to be the one to pull the trigger. I'd like for, you know, nature to take care of that, what, however that plays out. But I, because I, I, I do not want these people to continue hurting others. And it, and it requires a level of, uh, of evolution that I am seeking <laughs> maybe to be a little bit be better than, than that. And, and not, not seek vengeance as you, as you said, I recognize, I, I understand and on a mental level that that's not the way to go, but you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say that, that these people should I, I, you know, I feel sometimes I feel like these people should be made to feel the pain that they've put others through for a perspective check. You know, well, I mean, Donald Rumsfeld should be dropped off in the middle of Fallujah to wander around and see what he's done. You know, that, that, that was, you know, a things like that, that you, you sort of fantasize about in a way. I don't I, very I prefer to have different reaction. fantasies than that. The, the if it, fantasizing about these people getting theirs is seems hollow. Like oh, like okay, fine, they get theirs. Now what? Now I'm just a vindictive guy. I don't I don't really want to do that either. So I'm trying to figure this out myself. I you know when we talk about intentionally spiking a vaccine with poisons that 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 harm people that never did anything to these to these people except that they're taking up too much space on their planet that is uh, a mentality that i have a very difficult time connecting with and understanding but i, I recognize that these people are out there and um, maybe that's the maybe i don't know maybe that's part of my growth in this is that at some point i will i will move past despising these people and move into the a phase of pitying them, you know, for having, for spending their, their, I don't know if it's the only life we get, but this, this life doing unspeakable things to innocent people. I don't, I don't connect with that. And I, and I hope that maybe I'm able to evolve to a point where I'm not uh, seeking retribution because I don't think that puts you in a good frame of mind. In fact, I think if anything, it, it, it keeps the concept of retribution fresh in your mind and makes you petty and vindictive. And I don't want to live that way, but I acknowledge that it's, I think it, I think all of us have had those thoughts, much as you said, John, all yep. of us have stolen, we've lied, we've done these things we're not proud of. We've all had thoughts of like, you know, when Q, when the Q stuff was going around, like we're going to round them up and we're going to send them to yeah. concentration camps. And they're like hope porn. You know, you're like, this is fantastic. Here we go. Let's Except do all that. Us. And then you go, well, wait, <laughs> <laughs> trust you know, uh, that, that, I mean, that's what worries me. I mean, they have the system already in place with the camps and, you know, there are, you know, Trump's already talked about that. The homeless were the scourge of, of, of the of the world, you know, and talking about if the homeless don't get their vaccines and their treatments, that they're going to be put in camps. You know, that's part of his Agenda 47, you know. So you have the homeless going into camps. You have uh, the illegals going into camps. And you have, Trump has even mentioned, dissidents going yeah. into camps.
Yeah, that's a nice big gray area, right? Well, I want to say, Charlie, that just to touch back on your last point, you know, like that's the reaction that you have is very natural to these evil people. I mean, what they do when you think about what they do to other people, man, it's incomprehensible. It's like, yeah, you're just, you're just asking yourself, how could you ever do that to somebody? You know, and honestly, I'm not going to lie. My first reaction to Henry Kissinger dying was like, dang, about time, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was about my time, first reaction. Right. It's about time. And, but I, I also, I will admit that like after that, I kind of, you know, I think John corrected me on it. And, I, and then I started wondering like, dude, does anybody know what this guy's life was like before he, like at the age of 50? How did he grow up? What did he go through? What was he manipulated and brainwashed into? What, yeah. Who shaped this dude's worldview? You know what I mean? Usually somebody who becomes like Henry Kissinger has gone through a whole lot of trauma. Yeah. That's what I think. You know, you got like serial killers too, man. Like you, mm-hmm. I don't feel bad for them at all in one sense, but in the other sense, I'm like, you find out this kid's been locked in a cage for the first 12 years of his life and tortured and beaten and raped and all these other things. How do you expect him to turn out? This is yeah. now how he sees other people because of some, what somebody else did to him. Yeah. You know? And it's 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 a it's a deeper level of thinking, but you're right, man. Like how you think about these people is is a very natural reaction. Very natural. Not even yeah. even I had it. And I think that um it's important to note that like sometimes it bothers me that they're not getting punished while I'm still alive. You know, like nothing right. bad seems to be happening to these evil people dude and it makes people question god but then i have to realize well, this life is super temporary yeah like even if they don't get what they deserve here on earth an eternity without god dude is way worse than you could ever imagine yeah here on earth. yeah they may be in for something maybe that's the reason why they're so committed to trying to stay alive as long as possible because they just don't want the I bill to so. come you know i think so good point john any last words brother no that's all i got i want to thank charlie for coming on by their fruits um we'd love to have you on again brother um i know i know we got into some some deep and heavy topics and uh I you would know, expect and he, nothing and he, less. And he even took it, you know, deep from a from a, a religious perspective, you know, from a supernatural perspective. But um, you know, we, we, we do love you, Charlie. Um, love you guys too. And, Thank you for having me on. Thank you for thinking of me for this episode. It's it's a it's a heavy episode and and I don't I don't um you know, my disclaimer is I don't want any of this stuff to happen. I don't want the and I'm not wishing it. I'm not trying to speak it into existence. I'm just analyzing the things that I found. And maybe it'll make sense to people out there. Maybe they'll connect with it. Maybe they won't. It's okay. I'm not I'm not selling it. I, I don't, but I, I Well, I, I can I can give you I can give you a little a, some hope there and some 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 uh, comfort. And that whatever happens, ultimately, it's God's will. And whatever evil happens um, that is generated by man or by Satan and his demons, God always extracts the ultimate good out of that. Okay? So, yeah. you know, it's, it, you know, it, it, and we know this is nothing that you, if, if, it, if it does, you know, become as bad as, even sometimes I think it may happen, you know, 
is is you know wasn't anything that you know any of us would want you know to happen um you know especially people i mean people got the vaccines you know as much as it was difficult for us who didn't and kind of like the pushback against us and stuff like that you know i don't i don't wish harm anyone who got the vaccines no. you know i don't i don't wish them to be sick and i know you don't know no. no you know um so um tell everybody real quick where they can find you macroaggressions.io is the new website people can check out uh information about the books and the podcasts that's all there and um you can follow me on x <laughs> now that we just got done talking for now about for now <laughs> for now for now it's the most free speech platform ever don't you know yeah you can follow me at macroaggressions there and um yeah, and if you heard this and you have questions or if you want to go back and 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 find that crazy episode, it's called Where Did All the People Go? I don't remember exactly what number it is. I just crossed into I meant like number four hundred and fifteen or You've something. You've done so right many now. now, it's lost. It's lost. I know. I think it's in like the two eighty two 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 fifty range, somewhere around there. Like I said, it's it's the fall of twenty twenty two. So you can kind of go back. I've been on my Spotify, it'll pop right up. Oh, dude. I listen okay. to you on Podbean. Yeah. That's the app that I use. Okay. But yeah. Uh, anything yeah. else to say in uh, closing, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah. Before I go, I just want to thank you so much, Charlie, for coming on. If you, I know you don't know this, but yeah, I mean, I barely know you. But, uh, dude, you inspire me a lot. Like the information that you present, I love it, man. Like, I, you, you, you know, my favorite podcast. And uh, I listen to you all the time. And that's why I wanted to have you on here because you're a super knowledgeable guy and you know how to break all this stuff down um, very digestibly. And this stuff, even though it's dark for a lot of people, it fascinates it fascinates me, dude. Like I'm all about it, uh, to learn all this stuff. So and I just wanna thank you also for just having an open mind. We didn't have you on here to to push the gospel on you or like oh, to I'm, I'm, push I'm... you into something, you know. I'm just glad that you were here to listen to uh our biblical perspective because I think yeah. uh you know, we're praying for you and hopefully one day Thank you guys. God will open your eyes. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully one day God will open your eyes to see how all this stuff you already research it. It all it all connects, and it doesn't make sense without the biblical point of view. Amen. You know, I, I'm so I'm hoping I'm, that I'm always looking day. for pieces to my puzzle. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. You'll find it, bro. <laughs> Thank you, all right, everybody. That's for by by their fruits. God bless everyone. Um, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. God bless. Thank you for listening to Buy Their Fruits. May the Lord bless the giver, the gift, and the receiver.